And now, introducing a man who finally bet St. Peter's and now he's living on the streets. At least he already admitted that his kids were never going to college anyway. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning, it is Glenn Clark Radio. Like most mornings here, it's Glenn and Paul. And Paul! Yeah! Should probably, yeah. Should probably bring up Paul Mittermeier. Uh, it is uh, a Monday edition of GCR, and uh, it is you know, Paul Valley, of course, is here. But on top of that, this morning, it is great to have him back. You know, it's funny because everybody was reaching out to me over the weekend, dude. How many jobs can you work now? It's what I get all the time, right? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I gotta keep up with Mittermeier. <laughs> yes, sir. Paul Mittermeier, of course, you know from UNBC, you know from the Baltimore Blast, you know from WBAL, you know from 98 Rock. And for our purposes this morning, you know, from the Ed Block Courage Awards, which are back this weekend, and we're excited about that. It's great to see you, buddy. Thank you for coming in. And hey, hanging man, out thanks with for having me. I, I appreciate the publicity for this weekend. And, you know, um, we're not all the way back yet, but we're getting there. And we wanted to try to do something this year in person. And, you know, when you have to make decisions on this kind of stuff in a, you know, for a couple months. Um, you know, when we were having to make decisions, we were still wearing masks and right, limited right. capacities. So at that point, we weren't comfortable putting a thousand people in a room together. As um, it turns out, as it turns out, we maybe could have. Right, but, but I get it. I completely get it. And so we decided, look, at least if we can put on a VIP reception for the guys on Saturday night and then get them to the kids and get the visit in. Because you know what? When you're all said and done, that's the most important part no about question. what we do. So if we can get them to the kids on Sunday, uh, you know, give them something nice on Saturday night to enjoy, let's try to do that. And we'll keep the gala virtual, um, and you can see all your players online and er- everything like that, but at least we'll have something we can build on for next year. So that's what we did, and uh, we're going to g- give it a go on Saturday and Sunday, see how it goes. And uh, hopefully we'll be back close to what could be normal for next year. All right, so give us an idea of what, for, for, the, for someone who's listening, right, who says, you know, I, I've been to the Ed Block Courage Awards. I love the Ed Block Courage Awards. I'd, if they're back, I'd like to come out and try to meet Derwin James or Aaron Jones or some of the massive stars of the league that are going to be in town this weekend. Is there still an option for there being a touch in I, some sort of way? I think we still have room. We only did like sponsorships this year because we we didn't sell tickets because it's about four or five hundred people that we're going to put in at the Renaissance. We're going to use the whole area, okay? Where we're going to use the ballroom and the foyer as well, okay? For the VIP, so we're going to spread everybody out. We're going to have food. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have like giant Jenga and cornhole. I love that. I'm all in. Oh, exactly. So I was hoping you're going to be there, Glenn. You never call me. But but Mittermeier always gives me crap, right? This is a a fact. I have, this is straight shoot. I have driven back from Cortland, New York on a Saturday in order to try to wander in at the end of the Ed Block Courage Awards just to like, at least be there. Mittermeier always tells me like a week before, hey, bro, you're coming out, right? And then I'm like, dude, I got a, la- I got a lacrosse game on Saturday. It's not going to work. No, and he, he's like, what the hell, man? I <laughs> like, feel you. You're, you're my guy. As you know, I love the Ed Block Courage Awards. It's one of my favorite events. I always try to be there, I uh, except for the times when I have to bring my wife and then we have to – we have to check out at a certain point of the evening because uh, yeah. Mrs. Clark forgets that there's like a work-related component to what it is that I'm doing and thinks that we're just out at a social event where she can imbibe and, and have a time. And then I'm like, well, time to go. 
That's the way it is. I love the Ed Black Courage Awards. You know, I'm a, a staunch supporter of the Ed Black Courage Awards and what it is that you guys do. It might be difficult for me, unfortunately, this Saturday because of my lacrosse schedule. I understand. But understand. I will constantly. I've come out for. I come out for the VIP event before when I couldn't make it to That's the right. uh, the main That's awards. Right. So I have. I you know that I will always be behind you guys and what it is that you do, and we'll continue to get the word out. Edblock.org is the website, of course. Correct. So I guess to answer your question, yeah. Um, if you want to be a sponsor, um, then I think we have some room for a couple more sponsors okay. if you want to come Saturday night. And then you'll be able to bring out some other, maybe some clients, things Correct. along those lines for this VIP reception and, uh, you know, rub elbows with some significant, as, as we were talking about a second ago, Aaron Jones, Derwin James, these are some pretty legitimate stars. That, uh, 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 remind me, the offensive lineman from the Patriots. Oh, Joe Tooney. J- Tooney, exactly right. Well, I mean, he's with are, the Chiefs now, but, right. thank, thank, but I, he was. I honestly, God, forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have both Super Bowl participants to DJ Reader. By the way, DJ Reader, what a playoffs he had yeah, he for did. the Bengals. Yeah, he did. Um, he'll be in, and also um, Justin Lawler, who was with the Rams for their Super Bowl, but now signed with the Tennessee Titans. Okay, and he'll be playing linebacker for them this season, and that's the big thing. I know you guys always like to do that as part of the yeah. like. Uh, I've kind of been chasing this too because we're really late this year as well. We usually do this mid-March or early March or even like third week of March. Now, with being April 1st, the league year has really kicked in and guys are changing teams all over the place. So, you know, it's it's a battle sometimes. It but, is. Um, it is. You know, I, and I'll tell you this, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm, there's not going to be 32 guys there, um, but I didn't know how things were going to go after being off for two years. So when guy number one came in, I was like, yeah. We got somebody. Somebody. (laughs) By the way, way, Nick Westbrook Akine from the Titans. Had a hell of a season, by the way. Yes. He was my first commit. There so you go. He gets a gold star of some That's sort. Right. <laughs> right? Let me get him a nice edible arrangement when he arrives in Baltimore this weekend as a thank you for being the first commit. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, with uh, uh, Julio Jones being sidelined and A.J. Brown being sidelined, he really had to step up last year and had a very nice season for the Titans a year ago. So that's awesome. That's a cool one to have in, man. And then for as many wins as I get, you know, it gets frustrating. Dak Prescott uh, was going to be in. Then he had something come up where he can't come in. He committed to me for next year because he was disappointed that he couldn't make it. Okay. So, you know, Something. I had him and then I lost him. Um, and then, you know, that stuff like that happens. But, um, you know, you do what you can. There's so many great stories from the Ed Black Courage Awards over the years. Like, there's so many things. That, like, I don't think people realize the magnitude of this event for our city if you haven't been a part of it, right? But, like... You guys have been campaigning for Tyron Matthew to come play in Baltimore. Tyron Matthew came and had the time of his life hanging out in Baltimore a few one, years one ago. One of the best dudes ever, right? My God, man. Like, And I, I thought I liked the guy beforehand. And then watching him interact with like young people that week, I'm just like, dude, I'm in love with this dude. Calvin Amazing. Johnson got engaged in Baltimore of all the random things like it's just a mad lib of a sentence right what like, a story what a story that was calvin tells me calvin tells me that he's not going to we're not booking his travel he's going to take care of his own you're like okay oh, i don't like God, i don't no. like the sounds of that that doesn't yes. sound promising goes, and i will come over to the hotel but i have something i have to do and i was like okay oh uh, uh, yeah i'll okay. trust you but well, tr- i'll trust you yeah i've i've had situations before where uh, you're scratching your head. Waiting. Yeah. Does he really know where the hotel is? But, right. Yeah, but the story, of course, he like went over to the Four Seasons, right? Four Seasons. That's I think correct. It was the four I seasons. think that's right. Yeah. And proposed to his girlfriend on Friday he was night. Just dying to do it right. in Baltimore. He wanted <laughs> to be here in order to propose to his girlfriend. And then he was here, 
He was at the hot hotel lobby we were staying at at 7 a.m. the next morning, ready, ready to, to go. go check out, with, spend time with the kids. It's awesome. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, all, it's, it's such amazing. a great story. Yeah. Of course, uh, Gronk came in, I think. The, the tight end class of the century. Gronk. Witten, right? No, Gronk. Oh, no, Witten was another year. Yeah. Right. Gronk, Kelsey. Oh, God. And Greg Olson, all in the same class. It was a pretty decent year. Pretty decent year. <laughs> Holy a, smokes. I have a picture with those three together. Sometimes it worked out randomly. Did, wasn't it that Chris Canty was the Giants winner and then had signed with the Ravens? That's correct. And came in and hung yes. out with you guys yep. one year. And then the, the other way, Jameel McClain won with the Ravens. And then ended up, and right. with the Giants, That's then right. he came in. That's Absolutely. right. 100%. It's such a great event, man. And, um, and, the, and the part, we bring up the kids. Um, and that, to me, has always been the best thing about the Ed Block Courage Awards is that these guys – um, and they end up, and I know this is a fact, and you and I have talked about it. Part of the reason why guys might come back the next year is because they talk to whoever the winner was the year before, Correct. and they say, "Dude, you need to go over because you get to spend some time with these kids, and it's going to change your life." Not an exaggeration. A life-changing event sometimes for these guys. Um, I'll tell you this too. Um, the cool thing about not being able to do the gala is that the kids are going to present the players with their trophies oh, on awesome. Sunday. So I think that's pretty cool. Oh, it's awesome. Hey, great story this year. So the Dolphins athletic trainers are the athletic training staff of the year. Yeah. Elandon Roberts is their recipient. Elandon tore his ACL in a game against um, the Raiders. Okay. In 20 – help me out here – 20 – 20 at this point? Is that when we're talking about? 20, maybe 2020. 2020 sounds yeah. right. 2021, first game, Miami plays the Raiders. He intercepts the ball and returns it for a touchdown. Oh, that's a great in story. In the same place where he blew out his ACL. Oh, that's a tremendous story. That's, right? That's really good. That's pretty cool, that's right? That's really good, man. That's really good. All right, edblock.org is the website. Um, and if and whatever whatever opportunity they are sponsorship-wise, you can find out more. Is there a phone number people could call as well if they... Oh, they can. 410-821-6252, but you're probably going to get more chance of getting a response on the website. On the website, all right. We're all running around like maniacs Yeah, right it's, now, it's so. a wild week, obviously. It's a wild week for the Edblock Courage Awards. Speaking of the Edblock Courage Awards, uh, coming up later in the show, we're going to have uh, Baltimore native Brandon Copeland is going to be joining us. Um, Gilman alum and was the Falcons recipient last year. Unfortunately, he just had knee surgery. It was a real bummer because, like, I love, you know, I'd, I think the world of Brandon Copeland. He's a genius. He's an incredible human being. He is every year wandered. At some point, he'll call me, like, in, in May and be like, hey, bro, can I come by the studio in a couple weeks? I'm like, I think we might be able to squeeze you in for right. a minute, Brandon. I think we might be able to, to you want to do the entire show? Um, so that's a bummer that he's not going to be here this weekend, but um, he is just an incredible human being and a remarkable story, and so we're going to look forward to chatting with Brandon Copeland. And actually, in just a little bit, um, a new Baltimore Raven, who is a previous Ed Block Courage Award winner, uh, Morgan Moses, who, speaking of good dudes, if you don't know Morgan, like, everybody... I remember what the year he won, I was actually doing radio down in D.C., and I remember messaging you like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm hosting a show in D.C. tonight. Like, can I do anything to help you out? And you're like, bro, call Morgan Mogus, Moses right now. He's <laughs> like the nicest human being on the face of the planet. Like, call him right now and get him on your show tonight to talk up the Ed Block Courage Awards. I was like, all right, I will do that. Uh, great dude. Tremendous dude. Uh, he's scheduled to join us. We haven't chatted with him yet since he uh, signed with the Ravens, so oh, we're looking forward to that. Great but- signing, by the way. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, just makes all the sense in the world. The Ravens adding in Morgan Moses. So he's going to join us here in a few minutes. 
All right, so that's what's coming up on the program today. I need to remind everybody that uh, we will be back in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel next Monday night. We will see you there. It'll be myself, Rodney Elliott, hanging out with you for the national championship game. I got really bad feeling about what it is that we're going to be watching. Got a really bad feeling. See, you're putting it out in the universe. I got you know? really... to stay positive. Glenn, you got to stay positive. Dude. Don't put that kind of stuff out in the universe. Dude. Don't do it. Don't do it. I've never been a bigger North Carolina <laughs> fan in my life. My entire childhood, I hated North Carolina. All of a sudden, I'm Mr. Carolina over here, baby. Out of the league. Just the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I am Mr. Carolina, baby. If they play like they did yesterday, I, I don't think I anybody can beat them. Uh, Who, Duke? They, I'm talking about North Carolina. They, See, I, they, they I played just, out of their minds yesterday, I, I thought. I, I think they played really well, but I, Duke's pure talent yeah. in Bancaro and Griffin and Roach, like, my God. God, yeah, dude. but who won the last time they played? That's true. It's a very good point, Paul, and we are hoping for the same. Would be <laughs> really good news. So if it is Duke, you know that we'll all be hanging out rooting against Duke. That's what we're going to be doing on Monday night. And I'm really like, I I thought I've been riding Villanova, and I've been feeling really good about that. Um, Justin Moore tearing his Achilles That's is a brutal, probably, brutal injury. Dude, they were playing with six players to begin with. They were, they were making this work with six guys. To lose Justin Moore is probably about the death knell. So I got a bad feeling it's going to be Duke versus Kansas come Monday night. Now, look, I'm going to root for Kansas, but there ain't nothing feel good about that whatsoever. There is no feel good story about Bill Self, who probably shouldn't even be coaching anymore. Being back in the title game, but it is what it is. We'll be there. Great giveaways, advice for you on how to bet and win some money on Monday night. Looking forward to uh, being back there one week from tonight in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Paul Mittermeier, I got a few things for you. I got a few things I want to discuss. I don't really want to discuss Will Smith and Chris. I, like it's unbelievable to me. That's all sports radio is today is Will Smith and Chris Rock. Okay, because it's just so transcendent that it's just what we're doing today. So when I got to the radio station, because I have to go to bed now at seven thirty, because I'm pretty much doing every day on. Sh- can I say FBI congratulations? Should no, I say? not yet. Okay, Don't all right. Say that. I'm, I'm just, not say I'm just that. doing that right now. All right, and I've enjoyed it. hearing you every I'm, morning. I'm just doing it. So <laughs> so I woke up this morning and I got to the station and that was all that was on. You know, all prep. You know, and um. So I walked in, and I was talking to Justin. I said, it had to be staged. And then I went and looked at the video. No, it, it, it sure is. There was no was staging. Not. No. It, it was as a man not. that's been married for 29 years, yeah, right. when I saw Will Smith laugh and then look over at his wife and go, Oh. 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 Then, I, then you knew something had to be done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Rock is lucky. Will didn't hit him clean. So I, I'm in a I've had a God, I don't really want to spend that much time. We'll spend a couple minutes talking about it, and we're moving on. All right? We're going to talk about sports. I swear. I, John Harbaugh told us, gave us some really interesting information down at the yes, owners' meetings this yes, morning. Yes, he did. That's an hour ago. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Um, here's where I am. I do think we have the responsibility to say, even if, even if somebody says something that's inappropriate, the answer is not. It's important that like I, my kids know the answer isn't just walk up and, and, and bitch slap someone. Like It's important that we say that. Do I think that Will Smith should be in jail? No, of course not. I think there was a lot of hyperbole that was being thrown around last night. I think the idea that, they, that somebody was reaching out for comment from the LAPD was way over the top. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? It was shocking, of course. It was stunning. Um, 
it wasn't necessarily appropriate, but I think that we all agree that in knowing what I did not know, like I didn't know the story of Jada Pinkett and, and the alopecia and that being the reason why she lost her hair. And if something like that was going on with my wife, I definitely would be pretty, I, I would be pretty defensive about something. But the other problem with it, it was such a painfully unfunny joke. Mm-hmm. Like if you make a funny joke, I'd be more inclined to be like, all right, man. Like, I'll give you that. It was so painfully unfunny. Yeah, like, that's the thing that Will was like cackling. I, but he I think cackling he was, like a goose. I got the sense he was doing that to be like a good sport about the whole Academy Awards. Like, because he was getting, he knew that it was the night he was finally getting his Academy Award. So he's trying to just play along, just put on a good face, and I'll laugh at anything because okay, I'm fair enough. I'm trying to be Will Smith. But the joke itself, in context, like, can't wait to see you in GI Jane too. Like, what? Does anybody under the age of 50 even remember what G.I. Jane was? Like, my God, what a random bad... It came off like he didn't really prepare anything, but he's Chris Rock, so he felt the need to get up there and riff. And so he starts riffing, and it was just missing. Like, you're Chris Rock. You're supposed to be... Not just funny, but like another level of funny. So you're saying it's one of those audience interactions that didn't work? Yeah, it did not. <laughs> it did not work. Yeah. Now, again, doesn't make it okay. To be clear, it does not make it okay that that you go up there and you just like that's not all right. You can't do that. We get we ha- we do have a responsibility to say that you can't do that. But you know, in the end of the day, it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't I think it will largely be it'll always be a shocking moment that we'll remember in relation to Will Smith. But like we're talking about it like the people that oh, this is going to be the end of Will Smith's career. Like my, no, it's not. It's Will Smith you're talking about. It's like and one of the most famous humans on the planet. And that's the thing and like I feel really bad for Will Smith. I mean in the last year he had to do a national television special yeah. where, where his wife's talking about why she cheated on him. Dude, his son a, wait, is, wait, wait, is certifiably nuts. That's a different thing. Right. They, but, like, but the guy's I'm pretty going sure his it. body count includes Margot Robbie and like like they had a relationship that's a little bit different. Yeah. And uh, God bless them, as you know, we do not kink shame. We made that very clear. Whatever you're doing, that's what you're God doing, bless you. babe. Yeah, hundred percent. I ain't stepping in. I just in. feel like he's been going through it. I don't know, man. I think he's got a pretty good life. I'm pretty I'm sure I'm sure he I'm does, pretty but he's, sure still a human he's being. got a pretty good I feel, life. I feel for the guy. I don't feel for him. The look I, that Jada Pinkett gave when no, that he, jo- no, 100%, uh, there was You that. better go slap him or I'm gonna slap you. A type um, of thing. Look, man, I that I'm not we have to say it's not okay. We have to no. say it's not okay. It's not okay. I think we can step in and say, but we also under knowing what we now know, and again, I didn't know in the moment about the story with Alex. Like the, the 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 story making fun of somebody who's going through like a legitimate issue health wise in their life that ain't cool. Paul puts up with a lot of jokes about his leg. I've made jokes about Paul's leg. That's the thing, though. It's like because you gotta if you because, don't. But I know you. No, I, I understand. If, if I didn't but, know that you were cool with it. Like, if I just met you tomorrow... But if you were a comedian on stage, though, you wouldn't think that, right? If I was in the, if I was sitting in the, the audience, yeah. and I'm kicked my legs out, and I've got a prosthetic, right. the comedian's going to say something about okay, it. Okay, you might be right about you that. Can't, you can't you be, be right that, that sensitive when there's a comedian I doing jokes. I understand what you're saying, but I'm telling you, even as... It, I would not... Here's an example. I'm emceeing the big Project Runway event at Pier 6 in a few weeks, right? I'm not going to look if I if you're in the crowd and I don't know you. I'm not I'm not using that for content, right? Know, because I, I need to know. But you're but see you're you're apples oranges because you're emceeing. He's a comedian. There's I, a difference. I hear you. I just 
I don't know that. The, I still, you still have to make a funny joke. Like you still, you can again, say if it's you're gonna funny make, you're not funny, but you still have to make a. Fu- you shouldn't slap comedians for not being funny, or half I of them would be with dead. That. I, that, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I agree with that. But I'm still telling you the only reason for I, even when I knew you, but we weren't close, right? Like even when I got into radio and like I, we kind of. This is the way a lot of people are in this industry. You kind of know each other or you know of each other. Right. I would have never made a joke sure. about your leg. But the more I got to know you and the more I realized like you were super comfortable and you're literally passing around your leg at events for people to drink beer out of it. Like, That's cool. You know, I, I, the more I got to know you, I was like, oh, Paul's okay with us making leg jokes. He makes his own. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'm not saying he should have killed the guy. <laughs> But I understand. <laughs> Paul's going. Paul Valley's going a step beyond. Paul's like, look, man, if he had taken a club up there, it would have been all right. All right, can we? Can you know, we that, move that, on? That, that's a Chris Rock segment, right? Oh, is that what it that, was? That was from his stand-up. It, we're talking oh, about OJ. I, I'm not saying he should have killed the oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Now but I, I understand. understand. All right, now I do remember. That. God, can we can we move on from? We covered all we need to cover about. I couldn't believe. I'm like, God damn it! This is what we're gonna have to be talking about. Everybody in the world is discussing this one thing, and I don't want to be the guy that's talking about it. Um, quickly, we got to get to a break before we chat with Morgan Moses. Some news this morning from down in um, uh, where are they? Palm Beach? Is that yep, where they are? That Palm Beach, down Florida. Palm Beach. John Harbaugh met with the media. This is the weekly, uh, the year annually, annual. God, I talk for a living. It's the annual owners' meetings down in Palm Beach. And John Harbaugh held his, what used to be like a breakfast they would do. Now it's a bit more formal. They put him up at a podium. He had his press conference at the owners' meetings. I'm going to run through a few things that he said because some of it, I think, is significant. Some of it is kind of saying nothing, right? Like, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, making progress. They'll likely start camp on the pup list. Okay, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, that doesn't really give us any more information at this point other than they're not going to be there for off-season workouts believes they're going internal at center and th- says Patrick McCary will likely start at center. Now, does that mean there's no chance they draft Tyler Linderbaum? No. Does it mean there's no chance they sign J.C. Treader? No. Um, can I step in here? They've never, ever, 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 26 years, mm-hmm. drafted an interior lineman above you, 20. Yeah, It's not happening. I'm trying to think of, of natural centers they drafted. Ben Grubbs was, was the guard, highest right. pick and, in the first and round. And was Jason right? Brown the highest center they ever drafted? Maybe True center. Third, third round, right? Yeah. yeah. They just don't do it. It's not something you're right about that. It's not something to do. And, now, hey, and that as, doesn't mean they won't, but they just don't do and it. And it doesn't mean there isn't an argument that they should, right? Like if you can find a guy that's gonna right. be your guy for ten to I mean, twelve he better years. Better be really good. Right. I mean, like if that's if you believe there's a guy available that can plug in and play center for you at a high level for the next decade plus then I hear you. Given where how things played out with Bradley Bozeman, who was a quality center, it just might be a world where they say, look, we're just not spending money. It's we're, We've decided we believe we can find centers. We're just not going to be a team that spends money at center. And we can have a debate about whether or not that's what they should do. That's just what they do. They spent a reasonable amount of money on Matt Burke at one point. I mean, it wasn't a lot of money at that point in his career. Um, but that's... It, J.C. Treader's still out there, and if his number continues to fall, I don't think John Harbaugh saying that precludes the – is him saying, we've decided come hell or high water, we're not doing anything. As much as it's him saying, look, I think Patrick McCary can be our center. They I'm, don't 
I'll be honest with you. Don't sleep on Tristan Cologne. He is a good football player. He has player. stepped in and he has played well when his name has been called. You're not wrong about that. The Paul. issue with him is isn't aren't they concerned with his size? I think that's what a lot of people have brought up is his size over the years. But when he's played, and like you think about that well. that Wednesday game in Pittsburgh when they had barely any <laughs> legitimate <laughs> NFL players on the roster, and yet he held up really well that particular day. When they've called his name, he's he's responded. I I think he's. Part of the equation, I, I get why Patrick McCary would be the first thought. You just paid him a lot of money, and he's right. he's got to play somewhere. It's not going to be tackle. You just signed Morgan Moses, who's about to join us. I guess the point I'm making is, if for some reason um, Morgan or uh, whoever's playing left tackle, if it's Ronnie or whoever goes down a game, you could slide McCary out, play tackle, and let Cologne play center. I mean, he's an option that can you still be a backup a, that can play. You still have one of your two guards positions that I don't okay. think we feel. Good about right now. I think we feel like there are a lot of options, but I don't know that we feel good about. I mean, obviously, we feel very good about Kevin Zeitler. He was a revelation a year oh, ago. Jeez, Ben Cleveland really was coming on at the end of the season. And and I, I hope that they believe that Ben Cleveland can be the answer there. But it, you know, there's still a question, a bit and, of a question. And I'll tell you, I'll take Ben Cleveland with. I think what's going to happen when they get the running backs back again next year. Oh, and they just they mow. Yeah. They're just looking <laughs> to go downfield. I mean, it's a Greg Roman <laughs> offense. That's what they're going to be doing. I'm with you on that. John Harbaugh uh, acknowledges, this is all coming, by the way, from Jeff Zrebeck's Twitter account. Uh, John Harbaugh acknowledges the Ravens are talking to Bobby Wagner, but are also, quote, looking at everybody, unquote. No, you have to get the quote correct. Mm. They're, they're, they're not going to say who they have in mm-hmm. to talk to, like guys mm-hmm. like Bobby Wagner, but he's not going to sit there and say they're not talking to Bobby <laughs> right, Wagner. Right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That is the better <laughs> way of saying that. Um, look, a lot of Bobby Wagner stuff percolated over the weekend. We know he was in for a visit. It, it is kind of weird at this point when you like if you're prioritizing someone like why wouldn't it just be done? But Bobby Wagner's a different place in his life, right? Like oh. he's also are the Ravens waiting for the non-compensation or the compensation period I, to end? Do you, well, Bobby Wagner was cut, wasn't he? Was he cut? Wasn't Bobby Wagner cut? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, you know, never mind. Yeah, he wouldn't factor into that at all. Um, I mean, you know, I like Bobby Wagner. I certainly think he's on the backside of his career, um, but. I would, I would, I would sign me up. You know what I mean? Like, it might very well be that they've decided this is as far as we're willing to go, money-wise, with Bobby Wagner. And maybe he's and they're kind of putting the ball in his court. Yeah. Like, look, keep shopping around. You find somewhere else. So they want to give you more money. By all means, go there. But if you don't find that, and you really want to try to go win a Super Bowl, we think we can give you a pretty a, at least a shot to go do that. Um, Come on down, right? And that could be the simple explanation is this is the extent. We like Bobby Wagner, but we like him at this number, and we don't like him any further than that. Um, and part of the problem being they only have so much money to spend. Well, that's, you're at that point now, right, yep. with the salary cap. And then uh, two other ones that I'll throw out from John Harbaugh this morning. Uh, he says that they are not planning on having joint practices this year after all of the injuries they went through a year ago. That is one of the things they are looking to do differently is there will be no joint practices for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, the joint practices became, like, even more significant than... The games. Preseason football games. Correct. Like, this was the place where you were actually trying a little bit. This was the place where you were actually getting good back and forth. But this goes back to sort of what I talked about with preseason football games. Uh, there's, there's just no benefit. There's no benefit at all... There's only risk. There's only the risk that somebody gets hurt in this process, and you just don't want that. You don't want that any longer. So it's a bummer. for. I think it was good for helping you get ready for the season, but I get it. You don't want to do anything any longer that, that 
presents any amount of risk of a player getting hurt before the season begins. I, I thought it was pretty telling that for him to come out and say, we're changing things. Yep. We're changing the way we do preseason. We're changing the way we do training camp. We're tra- changing the way we do OTAs. That was a pretty big statement. I think there's no doubt about that. So that one did stand out to me a little bit from uh, John Harbaugh this morning that they are proact- or they're not proactively, re- reactively making significant changes after all the injuries they went through a year ago. I feel like there was oh, the, they're not they're going to vote against the uh, overtime proposals. Right. Well, Inte- it's not theirs. It's it's they're it's going to die. There's okay. not going to be a change to overtime. Yeah, be prepared for it. It's, and it. And the Ravens don't care cuz it's not theirs. Oh yeah, they wanted they wanted to, they wanted to do the what well, they wanted to do spot and kick Spot that, no, no, spot, spot and, and shoes. shoes. That's what I, they I, wanted. That's the do. best one. That's the best one of no, all. No, we'll talk save it. Oh, save it. Okay. You and I are going to have a chat. Save it. It's Paul Mittermeier. Hey, um, you know, we were talking earlier, Paul, about obviously it's at Block Courage Awards week, and um, I know that you got to interact with our next guest a couple years ago when he was an Ed Block Courage Award winner, and I know how impressed you were by him. Uh, the Ed Block Courage Awards are coming up this Saturday night, and we use that as an opportunity to welcome in a man who's now a Baltimore Raven. It's our first opportunity to chat with him since he signed here in Baltimore. He is offensive tackle Morgan Moses, and he is with us now here on GCR. Morgan, it's Glenn and Paul and Paul here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations on being a Baltimore Raven. Oh, man, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's great to chat with you, dude. Can you you know, like, give us your thumbnail? We're, we're celebrating the Ed Block Courage Awards this week because this year's event is coming up this weekend. What your experience was like being an Ed Block Courage Award winner when you were in Washington and, and what the entire event meant to you? I think, you know, really just, you know, when you think of the Ed Block Courage Award, it's about, you know, obviously dealing with injuries in your NFL career that's going to ha- happen, but it's about bouncing back. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize that obviously football takes a lot of toll on your body, but coming back from injuries take a lot on your mind mentally. Mm. Um, and just seeing those guys be able to bounce back, you know, I think uh, the year that I, I wanted, Allen Robinson was a recipient from the Jaguars. And you see how his, his career has turned out over the years. Um, because, you know, not just because of the injury, but learning how to, you know, train your body in a way to get yourself back ready for the next season. And then also just the things that they do um, with the children in the Ed Block Courage Award, just, you know, going, be, being able to visit the kids. Um, and these are children that, that just need love, you know, are missing out on opportunities. But, you know, when the guys come in there and get to sit down with those kids and play, draw, and things like that, those are memories that you'll never forget. Um, and that's what it's all about, is just bringing joy to somebody else. We were just talking about that, Morgan. Literally, Paul and I were just having a conversation about the visit with the kids and the impact that it has on guys. Like It's literally a life-changing kind of experience spending that time with those kids. Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, we, we nowadays, you know, we, we label kids so much with tro- trouble kids and this and stuff. And it's not it's not about the kids being troubled. They just need somebody that they can lean on, that they can see, that, that makes them smile people that they can enjoy being around and having, you know, peers that I've, I've played with throughout the, my NFL career um, that the kids can look up to. And that's the biggest thing. So being able to be a part of that was a, was a great was a great thing. It's awesome. That's so cool. Morgan Moses is with, of course, he was a former Ed Block Courage Award winner, and now he's a Baltimore Raven, which we like a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Morgan, you got to be in here for a press conference a couple weeks ago. What, what was it like for you? And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage anywhere that you've been in your career, okay? So please, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not trying to say that. But the reputation of this organization, this opportunity for you at this point, given some of the places that you've been, um, how kind of surreal was it for you to have that moment, to be in the building, 
and realize like the opportunity that maybe you have now as a Baltimore Raven? Well, you know, coming from the Jets, which was a, a great transition for me, um, because it's such a family organization and they have so many of the pieces that they're trying to build to become a winning organization. And I believe they can do that. Um, but the thing that stood out to me is the family structure that they have. Um, that, you know, they want everybody involved, families, wives, every, everybody involved. Because at the end of the day, when you have that, those things taken care of, football becomes a lot easier for the players. Um, and, you know, seeing that a lot of the, you know, the GM, uh, Joe Douglas, all those guys have came from Baltimore Ravens. So it just made sense, you know, like that's, that's the Ravens way, you know. And so being able to go to a quality organization and, and add winning to it as well, um, you know, it's, it's a dream come true because you talk about, you know, I'm going into year nine and now I have the ability to, to, to play winning football. You know, not, not a lot of guys get that opportunity. So to be able to get that, to go to a family-structured organization and be able to win football games, um, yeah, that's all you can ask for. Morgan, how excited are you to be a part of this offense? This is an offense that scored the most points in the league a couple years ago. They're like top three over the last three years in points scored. And, gosh, they love to run the football. Yeah, I mean, how th- cool is this that? This is an offensive lineman's dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just, you, you just look at the dynamic offense, the way they're able to scheme things up. The way, you know, they use four or five running backs, and the production is still the same. So you got quality play calling when you look at that. And then also to be able to have, a, a I mean, an all-star quarterback. You know, you talk about a, a guy that's been an MVP, uh, young in his career, which his career is still young. So the ability to play with a, a, a great quarterback um, is key as well. So I just look forward to getting out there and getting around the guys and, and playing and playing football. Morgan Moses is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, but we talk about this with Lyman all the time. Like, it, it, I know you're, you're going to be proud of what you do in pass protection, but isn't it more fun for offensive linemen to go put your head down and bulldoze and, and, and get downfield and go kick the crap out of guys instead of just having to stand back there and block? Well, I think the thing is it's demoralizing to a defense to, yeah. to have – People run the same play down your throat every play <laughs> and get three, four yards, and you can't stop it because not only do you have a running quarterback, but you got a three-headed monster in the backfield as well. So when you have that capability to, to structure an offense like that, and then when Lamar sets back up there off the play action and throw it deep to Hollywood Brown, I mean, it's unstoppable. So when you have those combinations, I mean, it's an exciting offense. And, you know, any you ask any offensive lineman, you just want to see the ball move down the field. And when you get the ability to do that, man, you get in that red zone and they call a power play and you go, you know, in the red zone and score. I mean, it's demoralizing to a defense when their back is against the, the fence and they can't do nothing about it. And Morgan, I guess because of the way the NFL has changed a little bit in the passing game and everything else, I guess you're facing maybe some smaller guys that are faster and to be able to kind of lean on them for a lot of the game has to be your advantage, right? <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it's just the – not even just the advantage point. It's just when you're pounding the ball consistently, 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 the guys, the guys up front get tired. They, they can't, they can't hold, you know, for thirty runs a game. And then that allows you to get to the second, the second level, the linebackers. And once you get to the linebackers, you let these running backs get up on a safety. I mean, it's 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 a give and go. You know, you're just going, you're just going for a touchdown because when those guys get open field and, and get one on one with the safety. You know, it, it's over. I mean, it's a. I, it sounds like a lot of fun for an offensive lineman. Yeah, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. Morgan Moses is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, New Baltimore Raven. 
Um, Morgan, did, did I, is it is it too simplistic to say you're here because you're at a place in your career where you're now ready to win a Super Bowl? You're into your 30s. Everybody knows football doesn't last forever. Is it too simplistic to say the point of this is I'm here to now try to go win a Super Bowl? I mean, I think that's the objective for anybody when they start to look in other options or even when the season starts, you know, when you start working out and getting ready for OTAs and things like that, your first mentality is like, hey, I'm preparing for the long run, right? Um, and as you know, it's a marathon, not a race. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like, I just love football. So just being able to go to a quality team, a team that has history of winning, I think this was what maybe the 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 a worst season. I wouldn't even call it the worst season because you know all the injuries have happened and things happened yeah. that the Ravens have had. And I mean, I can't even count. You know, I re- I remember growing up playing with the Baltimore Ravens with Lewis in the backfield, Ray Lewis over on the other side, Ed Reed. You know, playing Madden growing up as a kid. So, um, you know, the historic the history of that that football organization has been great for a long time. You know, Morgan, when we talk about, and we just heard from Coach Harbaugh talking about, you know, changing things up, trying to see if they can help prevent injuries. Uh, just the thought of a, of your head coach getting input from you, the guys and like listening to his players. How huge is that for a player, and how important is that to players to have a little bit of feedback with their head coach? Uh, I mean, I think it, it pays dividend because, like, obviously, you know. Coach could be like, "Hey, no, it's my way or the highway." Right. But he's adapting to the situations that are that that are that are here, right? And obviously, you know, you come off a season where you have a number of ACLs and injuries like that, and you say to yourself, "Like, how can I make this team better?" Because it's not about playing winning football in September and October; it's about playing winning football in November and December. It's always the healthiest teams that go the furthest in that playoff run. And so, when you look at that, and you have a head coach that's willing to adapt to that. Um, you know, winning football becomes endless. So when you have somebody that's that, that's a player coach that's, hey, what what do you guys think we should do? You know, should we take a, take off the pads on this day to give you guys a rest because you had a, a hard a hard game on Sunday? When you have that flexibility between the coaches and players, um, it's a lot of respect that goes on, and it 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 just tells you like a coach um, is willing to do whatever to make this 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 thing go. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it certainly speaks to the culture that exists within an organization. There's no question about that. Morgan Moses with us on GCR. Um, oh, so what we need to know, Morgan, of course, you grew up in Virginia. So I'm guessing there were people in your life that were probably like lifelong Washington folks that were so happy that you started your career there and maybe had no problem. Like, okay, we can root for the Jets and the other conference. They're a bit further away. Not really a threat. Is there anybody at all in your life that's maybe struggling with the idea of rooting for your, the Ravens? Like, is there anybody that you were around as a kid, a friend, part of your family, who's like, man, I can't do it. I'm Washington through and through. I can't root for you as a Raven. Anybody that's told you that? No, no, sir. Like, everybody I've talked to on my end, you know, whether it's my, my children, my uncle, uh, and family members and things like that, they're, they're just excited that the ability to be able to play winning football at this stage, you know, um, and, you know, I, I, obviously I've shown up, whether it's a losing season or a winning season, you know, for me it's just to go out there every every game and, and put my best foot forward. And that's what I try to do in life in general. So, you know, for me, you know, you know, you said, hey, at this age, which I feel like I'm not I'm not old, you're trying to – I want to make sure – I wasn't saying me. you were old. I want to make sure I say – You're trying to date me over here on the radio show. But uh, um, um, I, I think just being able to play quality football, you know, is, is – is, is anybody dream right to be able to go to an organization that has the right pieces 
and an organization that's that's willing to do it, whatever it takes to to win. Um, and you look at the structures that they've had over the the course of you know years and years. You you, know, you talk about you know all the players, the, all the Hall of Famers that they've had come through this through this organization, and you look and say, hey man, they have the right structure and the right pieces to become um, what you know to, 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 to continue the success of the organization. Glenn, what's the number under Harbaugh? Is it like five games? Total in oh. the 13 years he's coached that yeah. there hasn't been playoffs on the 100%. line. 100. percent I mean, it was, Morgan, the, it I mean, was when, the year Joe Flacco got hurt. Right. And that's I mean, it. That's right. the only year where there was they didn't go into a game playing knowing that they had something to play for. That has to make it so much easier as a player, right? No, because you know, obviously, you know, when when you love the game of football, man, you go out there and, and, and people ask me all the time, like, how do you play with with all these injuries and not miss games? You know, it's just the love of football, right? And you don't want to let people down. But when you get a chance to play a high-quality level of football, when you're going out there every Sunday knowing that you, hey, I have an opportunity to get to the playoffs, I have a, a true opportunity to win this game, in which everybody does on Sunday, you have an opportunity to win every game, right? That's why we, that's why people love to watch football because it, it, it doesn't matter who you have on your team or what stars you have on the team, you have to go out there and perform on Sundays. And that's why people, a lot of people enjoy the game because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But when you have an opportunity to play meaningful football in year 9, 10, 11, those years and stuff like that, it, it, it does. It makes it a lot easier because you can go out there and just focus on, like, hey, man, I need to do my job. I don't want to be that part of the, the team that, that lacks and, 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 and bites our success in, 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 the, in the foot. What, what you just brought up, the fact that you haven't missed a game since your rookie season, do, do you, like – you ever get nervous talking about that? Is it ever sort of like a like a pitcher with a perfect game? Like, hey, bro, I don't really want to have a conversation. I'm trying to think of who it was. It might have been Gus Edwards hadn't like fumbled the ball at all in his career, and he was like, yeah, I kind of rather not talk about that. Like, I just don't want to talk about my streak and not fumbling the ball. Are you superstitious at all? Do you try to avoid the subject? You're like, nah, bro. Like, I'm I'm comfortable. It's part of what I'm I'm most proud of is the fact that I'm able to be out there. It it is, man. It it is. I think it it speaks to you know. I think it speaks to a lot of just me taking care of my body, and um, and just like like I said, man, like I I always I always thought this, you know, if you feel like your 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 best is better than at that moment when you're struggling through injuries is better than the guy behind you, why not go out there and play, right? Because obviously the team needs you, and you know I've been I've been lucky to play, you know, when I was in Washington, play with Brandon Sheriff for a number of years. And we would challenge ourselves. Like, if he got hurt during the game, you know, I would tell him, hey, you better bring your tail back, man. He'll, t- he'll say the same thing to me because at the end of the day, like, we count on one another. And, and you want, you know, when you go into war, you want to know the guy beside you is you're going to have his back and he's going to have your back through thick and thin. And, that's a, that's, and when you get that chemistry, you know, throughout the team, it's unstoppable because you know, all right, this guy's going to play to my weakness. I'm going to play to his weaknesses. And then at the end of the day, man, we're going to be a better duo together. I was going to ask you about that, Morgan, because it's not just about being lucky. It's mm-hmm. about being, man, it's about being tough. And it's, mm-hmm. I know you got to know that you've, in your career, have gone through where, man, this is killing me, but I got to get out there in the field and I got to make sure I can go out and play. And you know what? Is it fair for me to say that there aren't, a, there aren't 100% of the guys out there that are willing to sacrifice that, are there? I mean, you know, I can only speak for myself, and I, you know, I've been through a new a, a number of injuries where, you know, there's been some where, like, obviously, you know, you, you you can't play through. If you break some, you can't play through. But there's injuries that, you know, like I, I remember my last year in Washington, week two, I tore my 
adductor off the bone. <sighs> and I I played the whole season through it because I just knew the feeling of everything that they had put we had put together as a team throughout the summer and stuff like that that it was going to be it was going to be a special season. We wound up winning the division and going and losing to Tampa in the first, uh, first round of the playoffs. But, you know, then again, that was my second time ever making to the playoffs in my career. So, you know, I, I look at it and say, hey, what if I would have sat down? I would have missed the opportunity on being on a, a playoff contending team, which I, I didn't have that much in my career. So you look at those things and, and you, you don't take them from granted. You know, obviously God puts you in a place to be able to do things that you need to do. Um, but it's just simple, man. You just don't want to let people down, man, and you want to go out there and be the best that you can be. Wait, wait. I got to ask this question, if you don't mind answering. How how do you play through that? Like, yeah. what do you do to get yourself bro, back bro, on the I'm field? telling you, Paul, I, if I, I he's playing through a torn abductor, I'm telling you, I might not play just, through him talking about just tape, is it. What is it, just tape it up or what? No, it's just knowing your body, you know, listening to your body, having great people okay. that, that, that – that you trust that can work on you and get you ready. You know, obviously with the adductor injury, you know, everything else has to be stronger. Glutes, hamstrings, because those are the things that are going to take a hit, a toll on it while you're playing through it. Um, but then also just being transparent with your, your, your coaches. There's, there's games there, there's games that I, I, I lean over to Brandon and say, hey, Brandon, hey, I need you to have my inside a little bit more, bro. I can't really, I can't really move right now. And it's automatically, all right, that's what you need. I got you. So it's just being transparent on what you can do and what you knowing your body can do. And and obviously, you know, I'm a big advocate of, of, you know, rehab and taking care of your body outside of the facility, not just doing the things that you need to do in the facility. And when you do that, you can able to test your body and push your body to limits that you didn't even know. So on Sunday, there's no doubt in your mind that, hey, I can play through this. I might be through a little bit of pain, but you can play through it. Oh, pain, don't, pain don't hurt. Bro, you keep saying that. <laughs> um, I'm out. <laughs> There's no chance it's happening for your boy. All right, uh, Morgan, before I let you go, you're you're a dad. I'm a dad. We got that uh, in common. I remember in your press conference you were talking about uh, your son wanting to catch a leprechaun. Did, did he man? My, my Both my boys, I got a 7-year-old and a 4-year-old, they both, both put traps out, and we still can't catch that sneaky leprechaun. Uh, was your son able to get him? Well, good good thing that we got a box of Lucky Charms in the <laughs> downstairs in the cabinet. Smart. So that took place of that. But then, um, you know, I think when he got to take a picture in Lamar Lamar Jackson's locker, that, that was, settled everything for him. That was good so, enough. That's even better than finding that leprechaun. That's even better than that. Is was he? Is he a big Lamar fan? Like, is he? Is he perp? Okay, so how old is your son? I guess to start there. So I got three. Three, six, and seven. Okay, and are they Lamar fans? Like, are they? Well, wait, wait. Are they wearing Lamar's jersey or your jersey? That's a good question. <laughs> so ever, so they've already, they've already had, they've already had Lamar, Lamar's jersey. <laughs> so ever since we signed, they've been wearing their Lamar Jackson jersey to their football practice. They're playing spring football with pads on right now, and then, uh, <laughs> then my my three year old, he likes Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson, so. You ask him who's his favorite football player right now, he'll say Jackson Brown. Oh, it's so great. And probably not the old folk singer, Jackson Brown. That is awesome, man. That's so cool. Oh, don't feel bad, Morgan, because uh, when, when the pandemic hit and then we were doing the stats up in the booth and the families came in to be the crowd because they would only let yeah. families in, like 90% yep. of the players' families are wearing eight jerseys. So. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of dads who are like, man, you you don't like me a little bit more than they're like, sorry, dad. We're it, it, Lamar it, Look, it, it's so it's okay because at least at least they're wearing somebody that I'm blocking for. Okay? That's true. That's true. That's go. a great point. 
Morgan, what can we plug for you, man? Um, you know, anything social media wise, anything at all that we can get a plug in for you? Maybe something you're doing in the community. Man, I just look, I really just look forward to getting getting down there, getting ready, getting around the guys. You know, I know it's a great group of guys. I've watched Stanley, uh, man, numerous of years, great talent, and I just look forward to just getting getting around the guys and and playing football and, and, and making the best out of this opportunity. So I'm looking forward to getting the, the ball rolling. Well, we were really excited when we found out. It's such a no-brainer. It's such a good fit to have you here in Baltimore, man. It, it's a tremendous thing. Morgan Moses, uh, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, especially as we're trying to get the word out about the Ed Block Courage Awards and the fact that uh, you had such a, a wonderful experience being a part of it a few years back. It means the world. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to chatting with you again as uh, we get to know you more here in town and appreciate that, and we will talk to you then. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Morgan Moses, New Baltimore Raven, checking in with us here on GCR. Such a good dude. Such a tremendous dude. And we, um, we are really looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better as uh, he gets entrenched here in Baltimore. And, boy, what he was talking about, you know, spending time with the kids, it, it's you and I were just having that conversation, Paul. Like, it really is the impact of that visit for, for these high-level professional athletes they don't forget about it. I mean, Morgan was five years ago, right? Yep, yep. Like, and he's still thinking about it to this day. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's something that you really get to. You know, sometimes you wonder if you make a difference. You know, with, with some of the stuff that you do, uh, but there's no question, there's no doubt that makes a difference, and that's that's, that's a pretty cool. That's thing. All, it's awesome, man. Great conversation with Morgan Moses. Appreciate him taking the time for us here this AM. Brandon Copeland still to come this morning. And Jeremy Kahn's going to check in with us as he does every Monday. We'll do that. Paul's going to hang out as long as he can. Speaking of Jeremy Kahn, yes. one minute. Okay. We're doing a new award this year. Oh. In honor of Mogaba. Mogaba. Oh, we are giving a Courage Award to one kid at each of our Courage Houses around the country that overcomes adversity <sighs> and keeps a you know a positive face in, in the adversity. So we're we're taking Mo and taking him from Baltimore and making him national. Sanzi's going to be at the event nice. on Saturday night, and we're going to give the award to the one kid at St. Vincent's, and then that's going to really jump out into all 27 Courage Houses across the country. Well done, man. Well done. That's, uh, that's awesome. I try to talk to people about why you know we do our sports person of the year every year. Of course, a few years back, it was uh, Ryan Odom and Jarris Lyles from Correct. NBC, um, and we renamed it. Two years ago, we renamed it the Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year after the year that we had given it to Mo, right? Like, we yep. made Mo our Sports Person of the Year one year, and we felt very strongly about it. We were like, no, we don't think anybody's had an impact right. on our community <laughs> at all like the impact that Mo's had. Not even close. And and so then we decided moving forward that we were going to incorporate, and I, and I talked to people about it. I'm like, the reason why it's important is because there's going to come a day where, unfortunately, young people in our community aren't going to know who Mo was. Like, it, you think that these things last forever, but they don't. 15 years from now, if you're, if you're four right now, 15, 10, 15 years from now, you're not really going to know Mo's story. And the idea of doing things like this, and what you guys keeps, are doing... It keeps it alive. We want, in 10 years, somebody to say, Mo, the Mo Gabba Award, what, I don't, what is, what's that all about? What does that mean, the Mo Gabba? We want that question to be asked because we want people... To share the story yes. of Mo Gabba and what he's done for us with as many people as possible. So we actually um, damn well done. My we friend. actually brought Jeremy in to the Courage House with Sansi, and 
we did like we're gonna do like a four or five minute video on Mo's story that's gonna like preview <sighs> so great giving out the award. So that'll always be there and you can check it out gonna, on our website gonna, and everything. It's gonna yeah. be hard for me not to cry, my friend. It's gonna be really difficult for me not to cry. It's probably better that I can't make it out. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well done. All right, at block.org again to find out more about this year's event. We got to talk about the overtime thing because you laid it out hey, there. Oh, you bring we're, it. We're going to talk about You're it. You're not going to like gonna, what I have to say, but bring we're it. We're going to deal with it. That's coming up. And the other thing I wanted to get to with you today, we need to talk about your daughter. We need to have a, a conversation about – I got questions. Okay, that's fine. I, got, I have answers. I got questions. Okay, I have answers. All right? I got questions. My friend Paul Mittermeyer is with us in the studio. I always love these days. These are these are my favorites. He's a, he's a good dude. Uh, we'll come back in. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota de- dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. 
For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. Coming up tonight, Stan the Fan Charles uh, is flying solo because Ross is out this week, but he's going to be catching up with Pressbox Orioles beat writer Todd Karpovich to preview the season. You can check that out, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. If you miss it live, you'll be able to see it tomorrow, pressboxonline.com slash video. Paul Mittermeier is in studio with Paul Valley and I as we are celebrating the start of Ed Block Courage Awards week here in Baltimore. Again, edblock.org to find out more. Uh, this year's Ravens recipient is Tavon Young. Uh, Brandon Copeland is a Baltimore native who is this year's Falcons recipient. He's going to be joining us here in just a bit. But because we rolled it out there, we now have to deal with it. Bring it on. Why in the world would you do anything to alter overtime that doesn't involve making sure both teams see the ball? Well, because... Uh if you really wanted to ask me, Glenn, um, then you shouldn't really even change overtime. Mm. Because here's the thing. Football is not a one-sided sport. Mm-hmm. Football doesn't have to do all with offense. You have an offense, you have a defense, you have a special teams. If your defense can't stop the other team's offense, then too bad. You lose. Period. End of story. It doesn't matter whether you won the coin flip or lost the coin flip. One team plays offense, one team plays defense. Whoever's team is better of those two sides of the ball is going to win that battle. So who cares? You everybody makes so much about offense and how important it is. It's kind of BS. It just gets overhyped. Okay, defense is just as important as offense, and you need to stop teams if you want to win football games, regardless if it's regular season or over or regular time, overtime, whenever. You just said a sentence there that I think is relevant. Defense is just as important as offense, but only for one team. Only one team gets to play defense too during the course of overtime in this scenario. This is my issue. My issue inherently is I don't disagree with you. You got to play defense. But one team doesn't have to play defense. The game is the game. It's offense, defense, special teams. I'm in, I'm opposed to when people throw out like the, well, why don't we just stop the college football rule? I'm opposed to that too because it takes out the it's special a, team it's side a of different it. Part, it's different I than when you play. Go play football. Go play football. There's three units that are part of football. Go play all of them. I, the issue, the biggest issue that I have, right? The biggest issue I have with as things are currently constructed, um, is is one. It's the you know I I don't think anything should come down to a a, a coin flip, right? I just and I get it. Your, your argument against it is it doesn't really come down to a coin flip. You got the opportunity. The, the Cincinnati Bengals put their defense on the field in the AFC Championship game, went and got a stop, and were able to win the game because of it. It's a one. It, there is no question about that, right? But it's any scenario by which a team doesn't have to put both units on the field. Any scenario by which a team can simply go about saying, eh, yeah, we'll just go score offensively and then we don't have to worry about the fact that we have a suck defense too. We just got lucky that our suck defense didn't have to go out on the field when a game was at stake. Well, so you're saying that then too then – you're saying that even if you like would intercept the ball and run it back for a touchdown, that that wouldn't count as a win then, because you didn't have to put your defense. Well, I mean, the, but we all know what the I, the only reason I'd be okay with it is because we know what would happen. The other team would put their offense on the field and just take three knees. Like, okay. I, you know, that's all they would do at that point. They would, I, I would, if you wanted for the ceremony, no, go ahead I, and have them I do understand. it. But all they would do is, if we said, hey, you still got to go back out there, they would just take three knees in the game or four knees, I guess, and the game would be over. At I know that some point. teams that wouldn't, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is this is where I want to make a joke about Paul not being capable of taking a knee, but <laughs> uh, no, right, right, okay. <laughs> I want to do something like that. Um, you, to me, it's go play football. Go play football and determine a winner by playing football. But aren't you doing that by just kicking off and if a team scores, they win. That's it. No, because you they didn't have to play half of your football team. You only had to play half of football. Go play football. Um, and look, I, I, I do think part of the problem that we're going to deal with, and I said this last week, it's not going to get fixed. Everybody was convinced that the Buffalo-Kansas City thing would be the end of this. It's not going to get fixed because there's too many opinions. There's too many people that have too many different ideas that are not. The Ravens want to do spot and choose. It's the Titans that want to do the, well, if you go down and you get a two-point conversion, then you can just end the game that way. Like Any scenario that doesn't involve both teams having to play football makes no sense to me. Um, imagine, imagine if we translated this to baseball. Imagine us saying, well, the first team gets to come to bat. If they score a run, the game's over. The other team doesn't get to hit. And the answer would be the same thing. Right. Well, you got to pitch, right? That's part of baseball, too. Part of baseball, too, is pitching and defense, right? So you better get them out. And if you don't get them out, that's on you. You gave up the run. But we would never do that. We would never create a scenario by which if the team that bats in the top of the 10th inning scores a run, we just say the game's over then. Sorry. Game's over. Let me ask you a question. In in the scenario where both teams have to touch the ball, which I think is the fairest thing to do, I don't know why we overthink it, say that the team drives down the field, but it's three yards, four yards, three yards, four Mm -hmm. yards, and they run out the entire clock and, and they score with no time left on the overtime clock. Do you go to a second overtime to give the other team the, the possession a, oh, of the ball? Good question. It's not an unreasonable question. The first thing I would do is I never understood why they did ten minute overtimes. It never made any sense. Well, because to they me. don't want to play. I, I, and that's really the reason why it's part of part of the issue that we're not. It, they don't. They don't. They are this whole the game is going to go forever thing. Right. Well, the game can go forever by neither team scoring two. Mm-hmm. Like that also can happen. We've still seen ties in the NFL since this you point. Saw that in the Mile High Miracle. It went to yeah, second it went to overtime. overtime it double overtime. Yeah. Right. Um, my answer would be you first shift it to 15 minutes mm-hmm. because the likelihood of a team holding onto a ball for f- service academies don't hold onto balls for 15 minutes. I'm not sure. Minutes. Has it ever, I'm sure it's been done. I would have to go back. The longest, uh, longest, longest drive in drive NFL history. Time of possession. I think it's something like 18 minutes. I feel like it's up there. I know that there was there were drives over 13 minutes for sure this year. No, the longest drive in the history of the NFL was 14 minutes. It was in 1935. There you go. Back when they didn't throw the football. Back when all they. Uh, you know, what? I'm the thinking ball. 18 plays, not 18, 18 plays. Sure. Yeah, no, but no. I'm, I'm telling you, I saw a 13 minute drive. I mean, this year. The, what would have to happen? You'd have to have multiple 15 yard penalties yeah. in order for something like that to occur. Uh, You'd have to have multiple. Uh, no, you could start at your own five and get like seven or eight first downs. If we do. Okay, so you're. What, I mean, we can do this math. If we, if you, if it's we do, two, if you run three plays, forty seconds per play. It's two. It's two. It's about two minutes and fifteen seconds if you ran the ball every time. Right. So if you started your own five and got ten yards, right, you would, uh-huh. you would need. You have to get almost exactly ten yards correct, every time. Correct. That, like what we're saying is mathematically, it's possible, maybe possible, right. not likely. But it's so wildly unlikely. It's not really worth making a policy about, right? right. Now, sure. if they until it happens, right? And and at that point, they say should have made a policy about it. I hear you. I hear you on that. There would just be no scenario by which it would be okay for me the game to end without both teams. In the same way in baseball, I want both teams to be at the bat. I think there's no scenario in which I want to see a game end. Paul, to your point, I don't think this is the end of the world. And I've said before, 
if the answer was we're leaving it alone for the regular season and we're only changing it for the postseason, I'd listen on that, right? I would too, yeah. I would listen on the idea that, and it, it kind of goes, it compares to what I say about baseball and the extra inning rule. You do have 60 minutes to try to win a football game. Mm-hmm. If you can't win the football game in the 60 minutes, like, that is a little bit on you. And so for the regular season, if you just wanted to say, we don't really want to have more football be played in these games, although that's weird too because, you know, it's the NFL and everybody's wa- – it's so funny to me when they talk about the length of games. Like, my God, everyone is watching. No one is turning off a football game because – ah, Oh, it's 3.05. <laughs> sorry, oh, I'm out. I'm sorry, I got, th- I got I, stuff to do. I had <laughs> I, I booked in that I had until 4.15, and at 4.15, I'm sorry, it's time for tea. That's the way that it works. You're poorly we're, planning your Sundays. so worried about the length of these games as if anyone is turning them off. There's only one game a week. This isn't like baseball where there's another game the next night and you can turn the game off if it goes long. Like, there's not another game until next week. You're going to watch the game until it's over. Why are we so panicked about how long the football games are? <laughs> that's all TV people. That's it's all, so that's weird. All TV people. It's so weird, Paul. Everybody freaks out. Well, you can't have these games going on forever. Why not? <laughs> Who is opposed to that? We all would have signed up in blood for that playoff game between you Kansas City me? and the I Bills watched to go that six hours. If that had played until 5 in the morning, I would have watched every effing play until 5 in the morning because it was the greatest theater we had ever seen in football. Um, but for the postseason, when it, when it comes to determining a champion, both teams need to see the ball. Come okay, how sure. I'm, I mean, this, this isn't something like I'm locked into. Like, oh, it has to be this way. I'm just saying. I just think it's ridiculous that, if, like I said, if you if you lose the coin toss, stop the other team on on your defense, and you're good. But you know, I, I'm I'm all open to. It makes sense to have both teams touch the ball, whatever. But why can't you just stop the other team with your defense? Because no, defense. But is why just doesn't your defense have to stop the other? Because you lost the coin toss. But that's anything that involves a coin toss. In the t- I'm out. I'm out, right? Like, I'm out on anything that involves a coin toss being a significant that's, deciding factor. That's why I like spot and choose, because you can – one team gets to spot the ball, right. and the other team gets to choose whether they want to play offense or defense. And that really gets but into e- strategy but e- of – But everybody's going to take offense. All right. Like they, they, you, they did some re- – They did I, some. They, I put like, you on the five-yard line. You're taking offense? Yeah, 100%. Every time. There's no scenario by which – In a scenario in which you can win the game just by scoring, I'm never going to allow you to have the ball first. Ever, have ever, you, ever. Have you ever seen teams run their offense when they have it on their own five-yard line? Hey, bro, I get it. Like, they, But it's not going to look like that in this scenario. Yes, they're not, it will. They're not going to punt the, – They're not going to set up to punt the ball back to you. They're going to have no choice. They're going to have to go. Like, Are they? Yes. Why? Because they're not going to run the risk of – because it, you're because you're you putting could be too giving much, them the ball in the 38 yard line putting, already in field goal range. You're putting too much emphasis again on offense. I'm telling you, they're gonna. Well, the NFL did. That. That's the other part of this we have to talk about. It's the Paul. NFL's fault. The NFL did this. They changed the rules. They don't allow you to play defense anymore. That longer. is correct. That's, That's true. That's part of the problem with all. And it's it's the unspoken part that they can't say, right. but we need to say. <laughs> Once upon a time, I would probably be more in line with this because it was fair to play defense. You could, you could, you actually can't, hit people. And, right, you right. can't play defense. The NFL changed the rules, and I get it. I'm not. This isn't even me lamenting and doing the old guy bit where I'm like, ah, they've get ruined off my the. Lawn. It's not that. <laughs> they did what they did to try to quote unquote protect players. We all know it's really about protecting themselves from lawsuits, right? Like they changed the rules because they didn't want to get sued anymore. That's fine. They did that, right? Like I can't. That's the way it goes. But in doing that. 
They made it so defense is next to impossible. Not impossible. Of course, we constantly see teams making plays defensively. But they made it damn near impossible to play defense. And that is a factor to me in all of this as well, is that when they change the rules, it's not fair to stick the defense out there and say the game comes down to whether or not you can get a stop. That's a fair comment. That Look at me. I just I just sort of won over Paul Minnemeyer. That's a fair, co- that's hey, a fair comment. I'm taking that. <laughs> that's a victory for your boy. I kind of won over. We're moving on. <laughs> I ain't doing better than that. I ain't doing better than that. Hey, join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. All right, before we get to Brandon Copeland, i got to yes. talk to you about this. Are you talking to me about my drinking out of my leg? Well, no, I, that I am. I'm all on board with that. Okay. I think that's tremendous. I think I, high fives all Glenn, around. There was a guy just in charge of holding my leg. That's with a so leg great. Leg. That's so great. <laughs> Look, man, people ask me like, why? Wh- why do you want to get back into radio? I don't really want to get back into radio. They asked me like, and by so the way, I said, by yeah, the way, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, pal. I appreciate that. Um, I didn't really want. I just I'm reminded that there are things that you can do in radio that are fun, right? That are really unique. So that it, you guys clearly were having a day on St. Patrick's Day at Looney's. <laughs> the part that was a little interesting to me, and maybe this is thinking about like remembering how when when you and I were working together, remembering sure. how young your daughter was at the time. It's correct, and it's awkward to me to now consider the fact that she's like an adult and all that. Like correct. there might be a little bit of that. That's a you and the most of my friends, yes, a hundred percent. That remember right? when she was five, a hundred, and I and I don't remember that far back. Sure, sure. Um, you, you seem to almost be actively pushing your daughter out there. For gentlemen callers. Listen, I'm not actively pushing her out there for gentlemen callers. I'm actively letting her go out there and promote herself. Uh huh. And there's a lot of things that you were very supportive of her OnlyFans page. Correct. Well, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of um, stigmas attached to OnlyFans. But the bottom line for her is she doesn't do any nudity. She just does modeling. She does like all of her stuff instead of like going with an agency and you know having them put a controlling your own. She does her own stuff. And you know she makes money off it. Yes. Because I happen to come across her Instagram page. Yes. How could there possibly be more on the OnlyFans page <laughs> than what's going on on her Instagram? I don't page? try. Don't try to explain. Don't try. I'm sorry. I know that's your daughter. Don't we're talking try about. to ask be- me to explain how yeah. that all thing that's, works. I have no idea. That's the only part about it that I was like, because everything, right? everything you just said, I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And then some. I think because of the. Um, the video that I was watching, it linked her Instagram page, and I clicked on that. Oh, there you go. Right. And then I was like. Well, I don't know what could be on OnlyFans if this is what's on Instagram. Well, you know, you can find out, Glenn. Uh, I, I, all I got to do, support the Mittermeier family. <laughs> support the cause. Um, you had quite a high standard for the gentleman. Well, you know what it is. You repeat were, what it is. You wanted a is. Super Bowl champion. No, correct? no, no, no. I said only guys that have aspirations of winning a Super Bowl and, and being billionaires. Okay. I mean that's not much, that's too much that's not too much to ask is it? Uh, yes, I think it is. <laughs> and thank Christ that my own father-in-law was not holding anyone to said standard or I never would have So said basically a Tom Brady or bust. Well, no, I I was looking for Lamar to see if he was in the crowd cuz that's All what right, he said, right? He wants to be a I, Super Bowl I, champion I, and a billionaire. And a billionaire, that's true. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um would you be willing <laughs> to maybe reconsider like if you met if you met a young man, and he was just a good solid young man, made a decent living, 
was happy to be a, a, a you know just a caring husband and someone that was going to be a, a loving member of the, the Mittermeier family. I would, would you consider that. Hosted yeah. a weekly internet radio show. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on. We're both out. We're both married. We're not <laughs> to worry about this. We're both married. Well, I'm, not, I'm not the host. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you host a weekly show. You I, do. You I do. do. I host 100%. a weekly show. You, you put that in there. Um, but I'm sure, tra- I, would, I would probably be willing to that. reconsider. If it was just a good... If you just met someone, they were really good. Per they, they got to have a, a good head on their shoulders. They got to be striving for some. I agree with you about there needs to be some drive involved. What you don't want is the stoner that like walks Correct. in and just the it, leech, right? Might be good looking, but has no real goals or aspirations. Well, like, I wouldn't really worry about that anyway because she would just crush, pummel him to death anyway. So. Fair, fair. I mean, strong she's, personality. She's tough, man. <laughs> okay, what she's do you mean by tough. that? No, I'm just saying she is. Like, she's has have you strong minded? Have, have you met? Gentleman that she has spoken to, and she's been like, "No, he wasn't good enough." Like, oh, hell yeah. oh hell yeah! Wow! Oh wow. god, she's she's a she's a crusher sometimes. Wow! Wow! Is that from you or is that from? I guess I don't know. Okay. All, right. all I all I know is I thought about this too. It's like treat her right because I've spent my entire life helping other people. So if I don't, if I wouldn't kill you, I could find somebody that. Would. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my. god. God. Right? I'm not saying he should have killed the man, right. but I understand. Right. Yeah, I understand. We go right back to that. <laughs> I um I get I get a good show. These are good. Uh, these are good. The boys over there, they these are good segments. These are whenever they do one hey, of these segments, let I me am, tell you. You know, Glenn, how long have you been doing radio? Uh, Sixteen years. What's the most important part of radio, right? You 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 do anything Enter- for the bit. Yeah, one hundred percent. Anything for the show. One hundred percent. You gotta buy. You gotta and buy I, all and, in, right? And, and I have always appreciated that you are more than in. willing. More I'm than willing. It's awkward. <laughs> Justin, or, or no, it was Josh, openly talking about different Correct. body parts on your daughter, and it's you're just like, creepy, look, man, yes. look, man, I'm, I like I like doing this. I'm playing along. That's the way that it goes. I and, and just for people out there, my daughter isn't 16 anymore. She's 23. Yeah, she's so a grown ass adult. She's a grown ass woman, yes. so she can kind of make her own decisions. Yeah, she does no. She no longer so. needs you to be the you know the shotgun holding uh, a father. Like, Correct. She Probably can do it she, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Probably do like, don't don't think there isn't still a threat there. <laughs> All right, one more plug for the Edblock Courage Awards. All right, Edblock.org. Saturday, Sunday this year. We're not doing the gala. We're doing it online. You can check that out starting on Saturday night online. Um, all the guys, all, I got all the videos. from Even the guys that didn't make it in this year, got all the videos from them Excellent. that we can see online. And VIP on Saturday. Visit with the kids on Sunday. If you want to jump on sponsorship, I think we have a couple left. You can just go to edblock.org. I love you, brother. I love you, Glenn. It's really, I, I, I love doing these, man. We need to do it more frequently. Anytime. I know you got, you like me, you have about a billion jobs and you're always quite busy, but it's always cool when you get to come in here. And By the way, real quick. Yeah. The, I just started this year doing. <laughs> one wi- more. Wait, Why not wait, one no. more? Women's lacrosse oh, for okay. UMBC, and okay. I really like doing yeah. it. It's a really good game. Here's the difficult part, and even like I, I, I have no idea what the rules are. That's the thing. I have no clue. And this I just is, pretend like I know what I'm talking about when they call when they call the blow the whistle call. Fire, I, whatever. I don't even I don't even try to anymore. No, clue. I, I just assume they're all shooting space <laughs> violations. <laughs> if if they're going to the the eight meter, I just assume it's a shooting there space violation. Right? And I just say, and there's a whistle. That's all I, there's a whistle. That's all I say. My I don't even favorite, try to guess. My favorite saying, free position opportunity. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I love, I love the game. Yeah, it's cool. I do the rules. And the, at first, I, I didn't want to say it out loud because I was like, I'm going to offend somebody when I no, bring but up. Everybody, no, nobody everyone knows rules. in the sport, every <laughs> single person in the sport is like, no, it's nuts. Like, none of us understand the rules. It's the damnedest sport when it comes to the rules. But the sport itself, wonderful. Oh, it's a wonderful it. sport. 
Um, way more driving to the goal. Way more, like way more. Actually, I I got a uh, in the Loyola game. They, because Loyola's on. I mean, they're my God. Loyola's still on one of only two undefeated teams left in the country now. Nice. Um, after Maryland lost this weekend, so it's them in Carolina that are left. They go to Syracuse tomorrow night for another big one. They beat Princeton last week, but it did the Loyola game on Saturday, and there was a shot from like twelve meters out, and I was like, Holy crap! Wow! Like you do not see that much in not the women's that, game. Nope. No, you don't. Um, you're not on Twitter anymore. Nope. But the block. It's it, at Ed Block on Twitter. Correct. People can follow that. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, P. Mittermeier, at P. Mittermeier on Instagram. Give him a follow there. Yep. Love you, buddy. Uh, love and you, you know what? what? We're going to wrap Paul's portion of today's show because he was with us this morning. We had to record this a little bit earlier on today because of uh, his schedule coming off of surgery. Um, as I quickly remind everybody that today's show, actually, just a quick reminder that you need to know the risks and have a plan before we, we love gambling. We're all in. We're talking about it. But have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Had to do this a little bit earlier on this morning. Opportunity to catch up with one of our favorites, Brandon Copeland here on GCR. Of course, it is the start of Ed Block Courage Awards Week here in Baltimore. And Paul Mittermeyer has been hanging out with us this morning. And, Paul, one of the uh, the winners from this past year, I know it's a bummer he's not going to be able to make it in for the weekend, but somebody that we like a lot around here. He has meant a lot to our community. I know he means a lot to the community at Penn. And, um, you know, he's been through a lot in his career and has really proved everyone wrong time and time again as his con- career continues to this day. He is the Atlanta Falcons. Ed Block Courage Award winner from this year. He is our buddy, Mr. Brandon Copeland, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Brandon, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Of course. It's always a pleasure, always an honor to be on, and uh, I appreciate you you highlighting me. And also the, the intro, man, you make me feel special. Oh, dude, you know, you you and I have talked so many times. You've always come in studio with, with us and hung out over the years. Uh, the, what you've done, man, to continue to this point in your career it's overwhelming bro like i'm so i'm so impressed by you that i almost wonder why it is that you talk to me because you should be on another plane (laughs) at this point it's so incredible hey um you know unfortunately it's one of the things we always talk about when paul's around in to get the ed block courage award it it largely ends up being because you had to go through something difficult and i know a couple years ago you had to um you had to battle a, a pretty significant pec injury and work your way through that. Um, what does it mean to you for your, your teammates to recognize that and, and the work that you put in in order to get back out there and make an impact? Yeah, no, it means everything. I mean, you know, you, you there all of us as pro athletes, I think, you know, you get awards over your, your career and your life and, um, you know, whether it's rec league, high school, you know, et cetera, um, college as well. But when you get voted on, certain awards and their results of like votes and nominations from, from your peers, right. Those, uh, you know, I'd say those kind of mean the most because, you know, they, it's the people that you bleed, sweat, cry with. It's the people you're going through training camp with. It's the people who are literally, you know, they're you and they're trying to create their own journeys and they're trying to win their own awards, right. And get their own accolades. But, um, they see something in you, um, that, that, I mean, ultimately inspires them or that they appreciate. And I think that that's what, you know, is meaningful um, to me as an athlete, meaningful to me as a player. Like I always did stuff for my family's approval and and my teammates' approval, right? When you try to make a play, you you get amped up seeing your teammates cheer for you. So I think that 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 definitely means a lot. And it means, you know, you're on the right path and, and, uh, you know, you're doing something right. So keep it up. 
There's no doubt. There's and no doubt. The other part of that, too, though, is, you know, and Brandon, I know you went through the, the injury, but, you know, the other part of, you know, just being recognized for the community work that you do. And, and Brandon, when we talk about you, it's not just, you know, you may be, and I know you do your camp and all, but all the stuff you do, real life stuff with kids that make a difference and help them be successful. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I think that, um, you know, a lot of us grow up and we dream of being in the in the NFL or the NBA or any of these pro sports, right? And and for me, I grew up dreaming of that. Um, but I dreamed of that because I, I knew that it gave me a platform and opportunity to help other people um, create the lives that they want, right? Like, I am lucky I get to live my dream, right? <laughs> and so how do I help other people get to do it? This is an amazing feeling. I want other people to do it. And so, yeah, there's there's things that there's a number of things that we do. We're doing the camp again um, this summer, June 25th. So Glenn, I'll, I'll see you oh, soon. And I look and forward to it soon as well. Yeah, yeah. I love that and, um, and um, we just uh, are excited to try to amplify other things that that again, you know, we we realize. I realize. I think that Paul, what you were getting at is like. I realized that when I, we did the camp the first couple of years, it was awesome. Like we, the feedback from the community was amazing. It's continuing to grow. We give out a lot of stuff to people, but I realized it's one day out of 365 days. And so what are the things that I can do um, throughout the year, those other 364 days that, that help these young p- kids, these young people continue to stay around positivity, continue to, to build themselves up so they can have a chance. And, and I know that I'm nothing without, a, without exposure and so if we can simply expose people to education, financial education, if we can expose them to great uh, schools, mentors, people, career opportunities, then that gives them a chance. But if you never know about some of these things, which, you know, you never give someone a chance if they never know that they can be a doctor or a lawyer or that these professions even exist and they see someone like themselves um, living it, you know? So, so yeah, so we've been working hard and, and we've been fortunate to be able to collaborate. I think that's another thing that I've been really av- advocating is like collaboration with other players, other people. You know, I think that as a, uh, a, a an athlete, you're super competitive and you want to beat out that person next to you, but we don't have to do that. Uh, if it's not Sunday, right? <laughs> like we can, we can work together, help build our own communities and, and, and help change people's lives. And, and it's also easier on our ends if we do it together. So that's why I'm excited about, uh, you know, at Block Courage Award and what the, the my peers are, are doing in the community as well as what they do on the field. Here's Brandon Copeland. Find out more about the Ed Block Courage Awards right now by going to edblock.org. You can still be a part of the festivities this weekend. Brandon Copeland is with us here on GCR, Gilman alum, Baltimore native. Dude, you know, let's go back, right? And I remember talking to you at a training camp back in 2013. If I had told you that it was going to be 2022 and you were still going to be grinding and, and, and we don't know yet where it's going to be next for you, but if I had told you we're going to be a decade into this thing and you would have beaten those odds and overcome significantly to that point as an undrafted free agent, what would you have told me all the way back when – we were hanging out in Owings Mills in 2013. <laughs> oh man, that, that some good times right there. Um, yeah, no, I think I would have born. I would have thought you were a little, little crazy. Um, the, the the wild thing is, I believed in myself, right? Like I mm-hmm. believed that I could do it, right? I just have been yearning for the opportunity and the shot. So I would have loved to. 
I would love to sit here and say like, oh yeah, I would have told you, yeah, I would have been here. Right, of course. Now. Yeah. But but to be honest with you, after being fired the first four times, it was like, whoa, this is a little rocky, right? Um, and I think that you know, yeah, it's, it's, that's the, that's what courage is about, right? It's, it's believing in something when when others don't, and and also trying to find ways to to push yourself uh, to to realize your goals. So yeah, it would have. I, I would have never pictured it like this, um, but it's it's a, been a pretty cool journey, and, and uh, yeah, let's 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 let the story continue. Speaking of which, I mean, come on, it's got to come full circle, right? I mean, dude, <laughs> I, you're available. The Ravens. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the way it works is like Bobby Wagner's plan one, and then you're like one A. I'm pretty sure that's the way the two of you have been looked at over the years. Right. Is like there's right. there's Wagner, then there's Copeland. Like, yeah. if you can't get if you can't get the Flamin' Yon, you can still get the wonderful Tomahawk steak. Like, you right. can still go that route. What can can we can we start the campaign to bring BC home to? To, to finish it, let it come full circle in this way, like finish it maybe the way that it started, that type of deal? Listen, man, that's, that would be a storybook ending right there, I'll tell you that much. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, look, uh, Eric DaCosta, you know, I know they, they, can, they can give me a call, but, uh, yeah, like you said, Bobby is, is going to – Bobby is, is, is the filet, you know? Um, but, yeah, no, nah, like you said, I, I, I look at myself as, as being blessed. And so wherever, you know, you know, I know, as long I know as we get a helmet and some pads, we're going to make it shake. But it, I, I will be honest, it would be nice to come back and, and ball in that purple and black one more time. Hey, Brandon, you've been a guy that's been around a, a, a few places. Is it true? I mean, are there better fits for players on certain teams than and schemes and systems than others? 100%. Yes, 100%. I think that is, um, yeah, different schemes. Like, you know, first you got your, your scheme. Which is you know one fit four three three four even offenses you know spread option running gun all those different types of things on read um, so yeah you first and foremost you have your scheme and then the second fit that you you look for as a player is, is just the, the coaching fit right um, the personality fit the you know there's some coaches who hey are you gonna let me be me are you gonna let me play and 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 potentially make mistakes but if i make a mistake then you know i'm going to make two plays to, <laughs> when i make a mistake you know um versus you know some coaches who hey i have it like this and i want you to be a robot you know right. um and i think that those are things that you see you know i've had the the opportunity to see over a career plan with six different teams you know not everyone gets to see that unless they have multiple coaching staffs on on one team or something like that but but yeah there's definitely a fit and and it matters. I will say it does matter. I used to not think it mattered as much in, you know, year three or four, I, you know, playing multiple positions, you know, it just, it was what it was because I'm always kind of in that flexible mindset. But I think the a scheme is extremely important. Um, and the way you're being coached to do things are extremely important to to a player's success for sure. And the team's success, obviously. And I, I tell you, it was always fascinating to me too because we're right around draft time. I always thought if you ever got to the sixth or seventh round, maybe you don't want to be drafted because right. you never know where you're going to go. Whereas if you get into the free agent side, you can kind of pretty much pick where you want to go, right? And pick a yeah. team that maybe fits you. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, you you know, you, you're – you're right, man. I know that there's a lot of mentors I've had and agents that that have talked uh, to me about, you know, or or had that same philosophy and thought process. I will say, as an undrafted guy, 
you know, with my signing bonus being a whopping thousand dollars, you know, when you hear those sixth and seventh rounders stand up and talk about, you know, 30, 40, 50, 80,000, you're like, Oh, hold up. This is a little different. (laughs) This is a little different. You know, but, but I do agree with you. I think sometimes at at some point there might be, you know, at some, a certain point in the draft, I think maybe in the seventh round for sure. And also I, I will say this too. It depends on the team and the organization, right? There's some teams who draft, and their draft picks are gold, right? Like they want, they are really putting a lot of effort, energy, and investment into those draft picks for a reason. Um, there's some um, who, you know, they they might be stuck with a bunch of picks and have to <laughs> to draft a bunch of people, right? That they don't even plan on keeping them all, right? So um, I think, you know, obviously, as everything is, it's never black and white. It's, it's some shades of gray, but um, having options and having the ability to find a scheme that fits you as a player. Uh, is is a dream come true? You know, we uh, let's 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 get a couple of fo- nerdy football ones out of the way. Brandon Copeland with the Falcons, Ed Block Courage Award recipient. Um, Brandon, the we the, the AFC is insanely loaded at this point, and that includes uh, Matt Ryan coming to play now in the AFC in Indianapolis. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are dismissive of Matt Ryan, like it's over. And it was funny to me that he brought up Matt Stafford at his press conference in Indianapolis because I. I kind of see something there where I'm like, man, you put him on a really talented roster that like otherwise appears to be really ready to win. I, I don't think Matt Ryan's done, man. I think he still played no, some pretty good all. football. What did you see from Matt Ryan? And, you know, like is is there maybe a bit of like a sleeping giant factor there where like this is still, you know, remember this is Matt Ryan that we're talking about. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's – I'm glad he brought up Stafford himself. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, it, it's – I mean, the, the man was in the Super Bowl a, a few years ago, right? Um, you don't get that far without having talent. <laughs> you know, you, you don't even get close to that game without having a, a remarkable amount of talent. And, and the, the leader he is, the man he is in the locker room, again, very, very similar to what I saw with Stafford. And, um, you know, I remember – it's funny, I was actually talking to my family – uh, Saturday, we had the family over, uh, do some stuff on the grill. Newsflash: I'm a chef. Um, uh, on so top of everything else, but how yeah, many more you know. skills could you possibly have, bro? <laughs> Seriously, God, uh, so I'm yeah, waiting for you to be like, and I also play the piano on the side. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish, I wish. Um, but yeah, we throw some stuff on the grill, and and you know, I was literally just talking with my, my uncle. He came over, and he was talking about some of the trades and some of the things happening in the league, and I was like, listen. I was saying it about Stafford years ago. Like, you know, if he gets an opportunity, he's a really good quarterback. I remember when we were in Detroit, we had our struggles. We had a yeah. couple good years, and we had our struggles out of the three years I was there. And, and you know, I was the people had written him off, and I'm like, this guy, if you see the throws he can make, it, it's remarkable, right? And, and it's the same thing with Matt Ryan. It's just, you know, giving him a, a system, giving him a, 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 a an entire working uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be blunt. An entire working, you know, offensive line mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. the different pieces, um, a run game, offensive line, all of those different things that can help make his job easier, right? Um, but the talent is there. The talent is, is remarkable, and and you let him do his thing, and and look what Stafford did. And again, I'm I'm not saying Matt Ryan. We'll, we'll get a Super Bowl this year unless I'm with the Colts. Um, but ultimately, you know, you know, ultimately, um, you, I believe you'll be successful, and and I wouldn't bet against them. 
I hear you. I hear you, man. I think I look. By the way, the, the the conference. Do you find yourself sort of saying like, I'd like to go to the Colts, but I also might not mind just being in the NFC and being away from <laughs> all them dudes that yeah, have yeah, jumped yeah. over the yeah. AFC? <laughs> yeah, a lot of talent, but you know, hey, you, you gotta. That's that's the NFL at this point. You know, obviously the the AFC has the names and stuff like that, but like you you know the. The NFC got those those heavy hitters too. The, the league is built on parity. That's how you can have the Bengals go from what four and twelve to yep. Super Bowl contenders. You know, yep. so as you know, so it's, it's a it's a challenge every single Sunday. Brandon Copeland, man, I dude, I am I remain in awe of you, my friend. I remain in awe of everything you're doing. What can we plug for you as far as you know? I I, I don't think average schmucks like me can just go show up at Penn and take a financial literary course. I don't. <laughs> I think they say like, nah, dude, you're not allowed on campus. We can smell you. Um, but but what can we plug for you and everything that you do have going on, including the camp, obviously coming up again this year? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, I mean, obviously, one congrats again to all of the the my, my peers uh, being honored this weekend with the Ed Block Courage Award is is amazing, an amazing honor. So I'm I'm happy for them. Um, definitely uh, unfortunate that I can't make it in person myself, but. Uh, yeah, no, the, the 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 class and everything is is going well. We've actually, I'm not sure if I told you this, but we launched it. Now high school students are taking it, so we are literally got high school students wow. taking financial literacy for credit, cryptocurrency for credit. We got all these things. So again, you know, you can find me at brandoncopeland.com, and and we can plug anybody in with resources so that they can uh, maximize their lives. At bcope51 on Twitter as well is where you follow him, Brandon. Let's uh. Man, what a story it would be if somehow this shakes some some trees a little bit. You end up here in Baltimore. My God, it would be the coolest thing that could have ever happened. But wherever it is, you know we're going to be rooting for you, my friend, and, and continually uh, proud and happy for everything that you've accomplished. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us, dude. We'll see you in a few weeks as we get ready for the camp, all right? Sounds good. Y'all take care. God bless. That's Brandon Copeland. Man, he's just incredible. What an incredible human being. Is uh, We'll see. We'll see how things play out for him. Maybe. Who knows? Could end up back here in Baltimore um, where he it did originally sign coming out of college and what a career he has had. At, he's carved out for himself after being an undrafted free agent. Um, but uh, just a special story Brandon Copeland continues to be. All right, today's show is also brought to you by your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. You got a couple more days until Friday to get over and try the St. Patrick's menu before it's gone. The Guinness thigh wings, the Reuben, the Rachel, the shepherd's pie with the Guinness braised beef. It's all available for you right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in, glorydaysgrill.com. We'll come back in. Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD Gambling help.org. 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Back in here on GCR. Jeremy Connell joining us in just one second. Today's program also brought to you by Simply the Bets, which returns tomorrow. Do it every Tuesday morning at 1140 a.m. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. You'll want to make sure you join us for Simply the Bets tomorrow morning. Hope that you were paying attention to um, Live Casino and Hotel's social media page last week because on Thursday, all your boy did for you was lay out Villanova, the under in Villanova, Michigan, St. Peter's, and Miami. Four, four, four. I'd be following Live Casino and Hotel on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You would have had a lovely little day if you had done that. It's Monday. Every Monday we catch up with our buddy Jeremy Kahn, and I believe he and I are now officially double Eskimo brothers. I think that's how that works. I'll, I'll explain. Jeremy Kahn, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm good, and I, I like yeah. the sound of this. Yeah, moment. right? So I, I don't know if you – I actually have a friend with who I am legitimately double Eskimo brothers, and it's all quite happenstance, right? Like – 
we just happened it, like he he married one of my ex and 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 it just these things occur right so i've always said you got a group of adult friends there's going to have been some cross-pollination at some point yeah it's just the way that it works but you and i believe now technically are double eskimo brothers because we are now officially teammates in two different locations uh, we are officially partners at two different places, so I believe we can qualify that as the the elusive double Eskimo brother. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of terrestrial radio, and you keep coming back in. What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I think I have you have to blame for it, though. By the way, probably. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're they, half to blame for it. it. It's funny because like the radio station asked me like who would I recommend or yeah. did I? I mean, they asked everybody, but I'm you know I just said there's a lot of people if you go look at my shows that are local. When I was doing the night show, I said, I don't understand why you guys haven't reached out to them to see if they would want to work. Um, even in, you know, like, look, it's nice to be offered something, uh, regardless of if you wanted that job or not. Um, but even, you know, as far as getting someone to, to, I hate saying fill in, but get the opportunity to do other shows. And you know what it was like cutting your teeth, trying to get in the industry and trying to pick up as many opportunities as you could, no matter what show it was. And, uh, God knows all the different things I did in this industry, just trying to yep. you know get an opportunity to be on the air. None of those things that you were just thinking of. But um, <laughs> are you but, sure? Are you sure? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Like I, right. I know a few of the stations screwed me. So yeah, um, yeah. There's that. Look, man. I you, you know. Um, as as I told, I appreciate everybody's been so kind and sent out these messages, and I appreciate that. I would still say this is what I do, and that's just another thing I get to do, and I'm. The fact that I get to do it with Rita, that makes me very happy because I, I don't think, as I said before, I don't think I would have said yes. I, I don't think I would have been interested in going back and doing a show by myself on the week. I just, but hanging out with Rita, who I love, and I know, Jeremy, how much you love her, um, mm-hmm. it's just a different vibe. It's a different thing, and it's a fun thing, and I'm looking forward to doing that for a few hours every week. And um, there's it, we will we will do our thing, and I'm I think that's a wonderful thing. So I appreciate it. I know how much you were uh, you were um, putting good words in and trying to make that happen. And any opportunity I have to hang out and do radio with Rita, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, and look, it's it's an awesome pair too. So. Anytime you guys, if you ever need me on a Sunday, don't hesitate to reach out. But you guys, uh, we actually uh, don't like you, so that no, won't very be well, <laughs> very well. Then I, I got my Sunday Speaking, free again. You weren't, you weren't really campaigning for Forrester to be a part of it. Like I was, this is the only problem I have with all of it. Our lead-in is Forrester talking about golf for an hour. That's my lead-in now on a Sunday. How in the hell am I supposed to overcome that? It's all the pressures on you. My uh, yeah, God. They, they actually asked me about Drew, and I said, yeah, I think he'd be uh, you know, great to bring on, whether it was a sports star. They said, we're thinking about doing a golf show. I said, that's even more up his alley. Oh, you know? so, God. But God. I said, you should have him as a lead-in. That, that, I think, actually, I made every single decision. Yeah, I right. said, you literally could correct. be the lead-in for Clark. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. Um, I got a couple things for you today. I got a couple mm-hmm. things for you. One. Let's talk about the aftermath. We've all been there. We've all done really dumb things. Um, you more frequently, and, and I, after imbibing alcohol, but we've all yeah. done things. We've tried to do like the tough guy routine. We've ended up getting into a fight with one of our buddies, that type of deal. And I compare that to like the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. How do you go up when you realize you effed up? Like when you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, God damn it. I was a real a-hole. I was a real jerk. What's your go-to move? Is it, I'll just text them, I'll see if I don't need to apologize? Like, how do you go about handling it 
the day after you realize, ah, oh, what the hell did I just do? Yeah, if I know I was in the wrong, uh, so then I'm, I'm going to reach out and I'll shoot a text message saying, hey, can we talk? Um, and then try to extend the olive branch. If that doesn't work, then I'll give it time, let it breathe, and then try to reconvene and do it again um, in a couple of days. But <clears throat> it's weird because I've actually been on the opposite side of it where um, I've been done wrong. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then it's like trying to be the mature adult for the forgiveness part. Like, ironically, was what happened last night with the slap heard around the world. But this um, is the weird part to me. I think there's, they're both in the wrong, right? Like, the, the dude, you can't make fun of somebody's wife who's got alopecia. Like, you, the, you gotta be capable of understanding, like, you can't do that. And I'm not but saying... did he know? Do you think he knew? And, and that, he might very well not have. And so, on yeah. him, I think it's, it's quite simple. Like, hey, bro, if I would've known, I would've never made the joke. Like, I just... I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, if I would have known him, it doesn't, it doesn't make it okay what Will Smith did, obviously. It doesn't make it okay. But, like, I do still think there's another end where you got to be like, bro, look, man, I, I didn't realize, and if I would have known, no chance. No chance I'm making that joke knowing what your, your wife was going through. Sorry, man. That's on me. See, I guess my, my only problem, too, is, like, he, he's been given a job to go up there, be entertaining, uh, make jokes, and you're making jokes about people in Hollywood so you try to keep like even the joke wasn't a good joke. It was terrible. Like, it was painfully unfunny. Like it's yeah. That, by the way, the, I, you can get away with a lot of things if you're just funny, right? Like if the joke is yeah. funny, I'm so much more inclined to be like, "All right, dude, you can have that one. That's a good joke." Like, if, if they could find enough money, they they should hire Ricky Gervais to do it every single. A hundred percent. He's the best. He's funny. He 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 doesn't care about Hollywood. Um, but the one thing I would say though is if if you're going to roast people in the room. Like, does everybody get a chance to walk up and slap him in the face? It's just a really bad look. And, right. and I know people have pointed this out with Will Smith laughing at the joke initially. Yep. They scroll away. You yep. can see she wasn't happy. And all of a sudden, he's walking up on stage. Um, so it really was It was weird. And then they, some of the stories today were trying to say it stemmed from the joke that um, yeah, I saw uh, Chris that. Rock made about the, the Oscars before being too white. Yeah. And, uh, saying if, if Jada Pinkett and Will Smith staged a protest, it wouldn't matter because they weren't invited. And I don't think that was a joke about them. I think that was him making fun of the Oscars for being so white, as there were no what there were no black films, no black actors that were nominated. Was that two years ago? Uh, I think I it was believe. more than that. I think it was like yeah, maybe it was five, longer. Yeah. But it was whenever again. it was whenever Concussion came out because that was they were they were very mad that he didn't get nominated for Concussion, which was okay, but like. You know, I didn't think it was a travesty that Will Smith didn't get nominated for an Oscar for the movie Concussion. Like, I think it was an okay film. That might be the only Will Smith movie I've never seen. I forgot and about it. It's it's fine, and it's all like it it was bombastic, but it wasn't it wasn't extraordinarily good. And they were super mad that he didn't get nominated for Concussion, and so they were boycotting the Oscars because of it. And, and oh man, I was so disappointed. You said bombastic. Yeah, I thought you were going shaggy <laughs> yeah, on Mr. Mr. Bombastic. Um, and, and the bit on the button say, <laughs> <laughs> and the bit, the bit was, was good from Chris Rock, which was like, dude, this is like me saying I'm boycotting Rihanna's panties. Yeah. I wasn't invited. That was an actually funny joke. Like that joke yeah. was funny. And if you make a funny joke, I'm good. If you make a funny joke at my expense, all on board, even if it's questionable. Even if you're making fun of something that I have no, like I have a lazy eye. If you make a funny, lazy eye joke. If you make a funny joke about like comparing me to Stuart uh, Scott or something like that, I'm on board with it. It's funny, high fives all around. You make a bad joke, like you say something like, "Oh, and and Glenn sucks because he's got a lazy eye." 
Yeah. You just want to fight me. That's all that is. Like, that's not funny. That's not a... Well, I had people do that. Like, be funny. Just be funny. You can get away with so many things if you can just be funny. Well, and that's... And, and I think that's true in everything. Like, I... You know, if you have something that's uh, really well done, like I'll, I'll give you an example. My my mom, hopefully this doesn't get out. My mom has a, a a friend of hers that's a medium, right? So okay. she so she speaks to the afterlife or whatever, it, whatever you believe in. I don't believe in that stuff, but my mom loves it, so I'm happy for her. So at one point, uh, and her medium was a rather big lady. My dad, being the insensitive a hole that he can be, yells out at a party she's at. That's a huge bitch, you know, from <laughs> Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. yeah. To which I went to him and said, that's not funny at all. And, and, I, and I told him, I said, it was, it was totally uncalled for for you to yell that out. And he goes, oh, come on, you make jokes like that all the time. And I said, Dad, if I were to make a joke about it, I would have said medium more like extra large. You know, like, that's... I said, to me, that has some comedic, right. it's just not, it's not hateful, you know, but I would have never shouted that out in a room for yes. people. Yes. My dad would, because that's my dad, but... But, you know, like, to me, you can make, I think you can find funny in anything. I really do believe what, you know, the old George Carlin bit. But it, but it has to be clever and not, that's why I don't, I don't think Chris Rock knew that because I don't think he would make, like, he's never been one of those guys to attack people. Right, just because, for, yeah. you know, for whatever the Oh, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think yeah. there's any world in which he knew. I, I don't doubt that one bit. It's just that, but I do think he's the perfect person to pick up the pieces because he's getting ready to go on tour with Kevin Hart. How much good material is he going to write about this? No, like no I could see him starting off a joke. Like, let me tell you something about Will Smith, and then look over his left shoulder, look <laughs> over his right shoulder. You know, I can totally see him setting that up. Right. And by the way, I look. There's so much money at stake with these people that they're gonna get. They'll figure this all out, and next year they'll walk out together to present an award or something like that. There's too much money at stake with these individuals to not figure out a way to capitalize on it, right? Like, yeah. all right, this uh, and all the hype, the, the hyperbole. Look, trust me, I agree. You can't walk up and just slap somebody, and it's important that we say that. I know a lot of stand-up comics have been very defensive about it, like, like the. You know they've gone aggressive in how problematic it is, and I get it because what they're thinking about is someone at one of their shows not liking something they said and coming up and attacking them. And you know what? They're right to point that out. Like it's we have we do have the obligation to say you can't do this. It's not okay. But the hyperbole, the hysterics, the theatrics of you know this this is this ruins Will you know Will Smith's evil now or something. Like, come on, man. Yeah. We've all done dumb things. It was a really dumb thing to do. But let's not pretend like it was something that it wasn't. Like let's not pretend like he walked up and shanked him. You know, like let's let's settle down a little bit. Yeah, I thought Nikki Glazer won the night though with her her comment. Um, if you missed her tweet where it said. Now, now, poor Chris Rock has to move with his auntie and Ellie. And yeah, auntie yeah, there was an uncle in Bel Air. Yeah, was, there was a lot. Pretty of well that. done. There was a lot. I feel of like that, everything's been done so far. Now that you're seeing it, it's very rare to see something that's relatively new at this point. No question. No question. I, I, admittedly, I have to be honest with you. When I realize I was the a hole, there are times where I do wait it out to see if maybe the other person thinks they might have been the a hole. Yeah. Like instead of immediately apologizing, like I might wait it out and say like, "Hey, do you think you're an asshole too?" Because if that's the case, then you know, we could just sort of kind of kumbaya this thing without either yeah. one of us having to like we can just both be, both like nod at each other like, "All right, we're good, right?" So, I had an incident uh this was me being done, at least I think being done wrong by by my best friend. And uh we were at a New Year's Eve party and he showed up late and we're all playing beer pong in my buddy's basement. And there was a guy in the room that nobody really liked, and he was kind of being a smart ass, and he was picking on my friend, who's a little guy, you know. So he's, 
he's short, he's small in stature, and he always gets his chops busted more than anybody else. But we can pick on him, but outsiders can't. If right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not going to. You got to. So, you got to be in on it. You can't. You, yeah. Exactly so, right. Me being the tough guy, I chirped at this guy and told him to keep his damn mouth shut. And then all of a sudden, my friend went upstairs and he started having some sort of meltdown. So apparently, he didn't take. Uh, he hadn't eaten anything, and he took his medication. Uh, for ADD, which he was having some side effects and like hallucinating or whatever. So he started like verbally attacking everybody in the room out of nowhere. And then, so I go up to defend him. I get him outside, get him separated. And then he starts verbally attacking me to which I said, if you say something again, I'm going to knock your teeth down your throat. Damn. And he said something again to me. And I just basically picked him up by, by his arms and his chest and power bombed him on the hood of a car out front. Wow. And, and then I walked away and I looked at my buddy and said, well, he's your friend now. And, <laughs> drove home and i was like like i was in tears i was so angry because like the stuff that was being said and he knows this like he sent me a voicemail apologizing to me uh about the situation and i wish i still had it saved because i would be busting his balls to this day now we're, we're still unbelievably good friends right but it was a really weird incident where he said i don't remember anything that happened like literally everybody wanted him gone from the party and the person he came with he was like hey why don't we go back to the party and she goes nobody wants you there you're not well yeah tonight. yeah don't right so, so, but, you know, as long as you're sincere in the apology, like, to me, that's all that matters. I mean, this was an incident. He got slapped. He wasn't hurt. You know, the, the cops weren't called or anything, but we're all going to blow it out of proportion because it's one of the grandest stages that you could possibly have in that industry. Can I ask you about a situation I had yesterday? It's, it's completely different. It's completely mm-hmm. different, but it's, it's, there's a, it's a cousin of something similar. Because this now involves parenting, right? I, uh, I took the kids yesterday to play putt-putt. And then at the, uh, the old dinosaur putt-putt place, they have, you know, ar- arcade games out in the, the lobby. So I put $20 on the card. I said, you guys can play $20 worth of arcade games. They wanted to play uh, air hockey, all right? A kid walks up as they're starting to play air hockey. Remember, my sons are, are four and seven, right? This other kid, who was definitely older than seven, he was closer to ten, walks up and, like, is literally hanging over the air hockey machine. And probably one of those bits where, like, he's hoping that he can somehow, like, nudge. You know those kids that would somehow, like, nudge one a kid away and be able to, like, mm-hmm. bite and get some of your game tickets or whatever? He comes yeah. off as one of those kids. But he's not doing okay. anything, so I just don't say him. Whatever. You know, like, I'm not, I don't want to deal with somebody else's kid. I barely like dealing with my kids, you know? Like, I'm not dealing with this. But at one point, he literally puts his hand onto the air hockey table and stops the puck mm-hmm. as my kids are playing. And the predisposed notions that I have about this kid now coming out. And I treat him like my own kid. And I yell. I say, what are you doing? Stop! No. And the kid is terrified. Terrified. And, like, runs away. And now I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Like, is this about to become a thing? Is Most he going to go... Right, is he going to go back to his dad and say, Dad, this... You know, this... Am I going to be thought of as an abusive per- like I was abusing somebody else's kid because I yelled at him, right? Like, and I had this moment where like, do I need to go find this dad and like deal? Nothing ever came from it. Like nobody until somebody hears us right now and they're like, "You were the one. It was you yelling at my kid." Yes, I thought you were going to ask me if I'd be willing to go jump this kid with you. I'm yeah, like, I might. Right, we might. Ask? We might need it. But as a as a father, how, was I in the wrong for yelling at somebody else's kid, or did that kid need to be yelled at? for interjecting in himself into something he had nothing to do with. Well, in my opinion, that kid needed to be yelled at. The only problem is it's the interpretation of the parent. And what 100%. The kid says when they go back. 
And the fact that the parent wasn't there kind of, oh. you know, and look, at that age, you can let kids go out and play games or whatever, but um, but you still have to keep your eye on them and police some of those situations because a lot of that stuff starts at home. Like I, you, The things that I've heard from kids, I, and I'm talking, I mean, you're talking 10 and under, you're looking at elementary school. The things that kids told me I could go do or hey, right. do this to me, like, or, you know, like, right. and I'm going, how old are you? Like, where did <laughs> yeah. you even learn that word yeah. already? Yeah, yeah. You know? I get I get so, a few of those. I get a few of those. Sometimes I'm worried that I'm the problem. By the way, so the, the kids are currently obsessed with. We play a game of football every night before bed, right? We play mm-hmm. we play this game of football, and um, whenever when I win, and every now and then I let them win like four out of every five times, but I always have to win every now and then to like make them feel like I'm not just letting them win. Yeah, you gotta let them know. A hundred percent. I uh, I'll hit all I do is win on the phone afterwards, and I'll rub it in their faces. I'll really rub their nose. I'll be like, I'll be right in there. So they're now obsessed with all I do is win. Like they're obsessed with the song, and they particularly enjoy the line in the song where uh, it's uh, where my hands go up and down like strippers' booties go. Like they <laughs> greatly enjoy that particular line in the song, which is a bit problematic because like my seven-year-old plays lacrosse, and he. Definitely start singing that regularly during lacrosse practice. Your kid is going to be, one of your kids is going to wind up like, uh, was it Charlie's Day Kid in that movie where she's singing, I don't, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, 100%. 100%. It's exactly what it's going to be And you're just going to have to get up on stage and dance with them. Right. uh, It's my kid, man. It's what it is. I own it. I own it. Earlier this week, my five-year-old nephew apparently went up to my sister and said, Mommy, I know you love big booty B-words. Yeah! Yeah! And does she? Who Like Jeremy said, who, who, who doesn't? I said, where did he learn that? He's five. That's, that's remarkable. All right, uh, two things sports-wise for you today. One, um, this is from Peter King in Football Morning in America. Uh, the Rams have legitimate interest at Bobby Wagner, but not at Wagner's price. He's thought to be asking for about... $11 million on a one-year deal. He may just find another team, Baltimore, Dallas, with more money available. Well, um, I'd love to see him here. Uh, $11 million seems, you know, it, it all matters. Like, there, there's a lot of things that can be done to make that work. Um, and I, I'd love to see him in Baltimore because I, I just think about not only how good he is, but how much better he could make Patrick Queen, even, even if he just played beside him for one year. Um, the knowledge that you can pick up on things to do, what to look for, and then on, in in one essence too, putting Patrick Queen where he belongs, um, and and letting um, letting Bobby Wagner kind of take on the strong side, and, and and maybe even some of the calls depending on what they come back with the green dot if they were able to bring him in. But eleven million seems it's probably the right number for him. I mean, he's coming off a career season too, uh, and I like the idea of signing him to a shorter contract, uh, depending on if he does hit that wall, but. Uh, he would definitely help Baltimore. I don't know if they're going to pay him $11 million, but that's an interesting price. Yeah, off, out yeah, there. off the top of my head, it comes off as being too much to be practical, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's more of, and, and to your point, yes, there are things that can be done, and there are things the Ravens still do, and you know, there's still that whole Lamar Jackson thing that lingers out there a good bit. I like the idea of Bobby Wagner. I'm, I'm on board with Bobby Wagner, even though I, I do think it's likely that he's going to start moving into that sort of backside of his career. Um, to your point, I think a one-year deal makes a lot of sense. I, the number comes off almost staggering, right? Like, mm-hmm. can you really give $11 million to any football player on, on in one season well, at this point? Can you give him a decent contract and make it incentive-laden right. enough to where 
like yeah, yeah that there's is- enough or enough clear incentives right enough things you can put in there and say look dude you're gonna get this right like we're yeah we're you're gonna you're gonna get these numbers it's it's gonna be an 11 million dollar deal something along those lines i don't know the number the number reads big to me um to your point none of these numbers are really all that real and then the other one i'll give you um uh, because Paul and I were talking about it last week. He wrote about it, so it inspired me to write about it for Press Box Today. That's the Trey Mancini thing. And Dan Connolly's saying, like, it could happen as, as soon as before opening day, kind of in the idea that, like, if you're really squabbling, knowing as much negative press as you're going to get fighting with Trey Mancini over money, if you're really squabbling over $600,000, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you're looking to do it now and just not pay the man. You don't want to pay $8 bucks to a baseball player right now. And it's a complicated thing, right? Because I, I get every layer of it, but the one thing that I'm confident about is it makes zero sense to trade Trey Mancini now. Like, none. Zero. You can't get anything of any value at all for Trey Mancini right now. He's an incredibly valuable piece to you still as far as his role within a baseball team. We'll see where he is as a baseball player because, yes, he did have some decline in the second half of last season, but, you know, he hadn't he hadn't played in a while. I don't know what the impact of that is. I, I get that at some point you might have to make a decision, but I don't know, man. Like, I keep coming back to, unless you can really recoup something, and there's so little thought. Every team thinks they've got their Trey Mancini. I just don't see the value in trading Trey Mancini, and I certainly don't see any reason why you're doing it now. Well, I've said more more times um, over and over again that Trey Mancini is a guy that's more important to Baltimore than he is anywhere else. And I don't know that you ever get fair value back. And we can talk about how great of a clubhouse guy he is, but guys don't get paid to be great clubhouse guys. It's just an added bonus when you sign a player like that. Um, maybe the concern is that he gets hurt down the line and you can't trade him. I think he gets traded this year. And, and I'm on record saying I don't want it to happen. I want him to be here. I don't know exactly what Trey wants every time I've talked to him. He said he wants to be here, but I don't expect him to say anything else, right. you know. Um, but I, I just think he's a really, really good player. Uh, and maybe they want to see Mountcastle more at first and have the flexibility to slide some other guys in and see how they look out there. I, I mean, look, you still have the DH, but if Mountcastle is going to be your first baseman, don't you want him playing more there to get better when these games, and nobody wants to hear this, don't matter for the Orioles right now. Right. So, um, yeah, I, ultimately I think he does get moved, and, and I wouldn't be shocked to see you know a couple of guys get moved this year that we've been thinking could be a part of the future and i'm not i'm not speaking of mullins but like means is another interesting candidate yeah, but means makes sense because the idea is you could get you could really get something for him like yeah. the, the means conversation is relevant the mancini thing is so difficult to me because you're you're the, the we're talking about taking somebody else's lottery ticket right you're talking about like the best that you could do is somebody that's an afterthought in someone else's system that you happen to scout well and that you feel highly about. And to me, that's such a negligible return that yeah. it ain't going to impact me if you don't get it. Like, it just impacts me in zero ways if you don't get someone else's lottery ticket. It's like when people were trying to say, you know, well, of course you, you take a chance on Johan Santana. He might be Johan Santana. Well, like, no. You're, 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 there's, it's a one – it, this is very much like going and buying a lottery ticket. You can do it, but the likelihood that your life is changing if you don't is 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 negligible. At at best, it's negligible. If anything, you're out a couple bucks in the process. Yeah. Um, and and again, when when Trey Mancini finally gets paid, uh, you know, I'm assuming his contract is going to look more like. Adam Jones than Bryce Harper, if that makes sense. And maybe it's I mean, I don't even think yeah, I don't even think it's going to look like Adam Jones. 
Well, I, I'm just saying it might be like a four-year, $60 million deal or something, or maybe even less than that. Who knows? I, I mean, I don't know what the going rate's going to be once you hit the open market and teams start bidding on you, but um, it's baseball. There's no cap. You just need to convince one team that you belong there. But, again, to your point, like you might be better off uh, having Trey Mancini around the trade deadline and trading him then if somebody needs him, but you always do run the risk of somebody getting hurt or not performing well and not having right. that value. Right. I just don't know. What, I mean, again, if I thought there was real value, if I thought there was real value to Trey Mancini, you can get something, I would 100% let's have this conversation. Because he can't, I don't, it just comes off as you're just dumping salary for the sake of dumping salary. And yeah. and that, I'm never going to say, I think is a good idea. To me, and, I, and like I, I wrote about it, it's, He's leaving. They're not extending him. He's not going to play here beyond 2022. So why let him walk and, for nothing? And, and, we can trade him for something. But anything. But the something is negligible. Like right. again, I, I keep. If it was a real something, we would be having a different conversation. It's not. If and again, if I'm wrong, and there's actually somebody out there that's willing to give you something, then go ahead. You know, like make that move. But to just do it for the sake of doing it, the argument of well, just get something. I I, I keep coming back to the word negligible. Like something has to actually be something and not just doing it for the sake of doing it Take, you, you, you mean like something like the incredible hall we got from machado or scope yeah or, yeah right? by the way I, I i i even though i know that even knowing where those guys are right now would still be yes like, LDS is having a hell of a spring yeah there's that there's uh, well, that and i get what you're saying you're it, it's you're okay with Trey walking for nothing because if he gets to play one last season here and what he means to the community, there's, I, I, I think get there's, that. There's actual that. tangible value to that. And again, yeah. as I've said, I, I am not as much a believer in as everybody else is that like you just have to let him go. I, to Jeremy's point, look, if there really is a market for Trey Mancini and there's somebody out there that wants to pay him a boatload of money, I, I understand that. I just don't see it. I don't see there being a robust market for, for Trey Mancini. It's like say constantly, and Jeremy, to your point, every team in baseball thinks they've got their Trey Mancini. There's nobody right now that's looking around saying, you know what would be the difference in, in what we could do? Trey Mancini. That's just not realistic. Even when he was having an otherworldly, you know, a, a great season by his standards in 2019, it was tough to fathom that, mm-hmm. particularly you know, given what we saw in the second half of last year. Now, again, if he looks like, as you pointed out, if he looks like 2019 Trey Mancini, who knows? There might be a team that come the trade deadline, a unique set of injury circumstances makes them say, this could help us for a little bit. But I'm not convinced that we don't get to the offseason. There's no market for Trey Mancini, and the sides couldn't get back together and say, well, wait a second, let's talk, right? Like, if it, the number really is only this, we got to spend money at some point. There's worse ways to spend money on than somebody that can help you as a leader. And that, as I said all along, you don't have to guarantee a certain number of at-bats to yeah. if he's not worthy of getting those at-bats. This, doesn't ha- this isn't the type of dollar figure that it turns into Chris Davis where you got to put him out there and keep seeing because, my God, think about how much money we're sunk into him. I just don't see that right now for Trey Mancini. I just think it'd be difficult to... To, to if you sign Trey Manny, Trey, Trey Manny, Trey Mancini to an extension, and then you make him take a back seat, that's difficult to explain to everybody. I think. I don't know. I don't know. All right, Jeremy. He's going to drop a Trey Mancini, Manny, Cini, Machado. Yeah, right. Davis. Trying to make it a whole, no. whole, whole thing. <laughs> I, well, you, I, Paul, the thing is that you know you talk for a living. I, I can't tell you how many times I've said the wrong name. <laughs> or like you know, even when I was working with Garso, we Ravens get brought up, and you're saying Orioles and Orioles, and like everything just gets uh, twisted up. But it's so snowing outside my house right now. It is, is so weird. Ridiculous thing. It'd be really nice if spring would it's actually be start. Seventy one degrees on Thursday. Well, I guys. like the sounds of that. I like that. I, uh, I did see the meme of uh, 
uh, Chris Rock getting slapped, and it was like Baltimore weather, and then <laughs> All right. springtime. All right, springtime not bad, not bad, yeah. not bad. All right, buddy, what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? I'm pretty sure all of us are in this week, uh, so it should be good. We had Kevin Willard on today. Um, he, he was awesome. Uh, looking forward to, to more of that, but obviously a big focus on what the Ravens do, Major League Baseball right around the corner, and then the Final Four coming up this weekend. I like it. All right, buddy. Uh, at JeremyCon1057, picks every day, pressboxonline.com. That's where you find them. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? Thanks, man. I'll see you. It's Jeremy Kahn. He joins us every Monday here on GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. You cannot yet bet on your phone or on your computer in the state of Maryland, but you can play Underdog Fantasy Football and feel like you're betting. You can use those player props, those parlays. It's it's the closest thing you can get, and it's completely legal here in Maryland to play underdog fantasy football. Hopefully one day it changes and we can make real straight bets and do all the things you can do in other states. But in the meantime, underdog fantasy football really helps you fill that void. Basketball, hockey contests right now, baseball contests coming. Go to the underdog app or you go to underdogfantasy.com. Use the code PRESSBOX, and when you make your first deposit up to $100, we'll match it with free money for you to play with. Underdog Fantasy Football. Download the app today. Come back in, get a tidbit, get tubular, or wrap it up. It's a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. 
The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. So uh, Paul just informed me today is uh, National Husband Appreciation Day. It's weird. Mrs. Clark hasn't done a damn thing for me today. It's very weird how that works. That's okay. It's okay. Uh, you've, you, you've been there for the long oh, haul. We're, we're only about we're, six months in. Paul, we're so far past any of that. <laughs> there's, not, there's none of that. That will not be occurring. Um, anyway, the moral of the story is that uh, I, was, I was joking about it. Paul's like, yeah, there's something every day. And, he, and Paul's not aware of the famous story. So Les Miles, when, before, back when we thought Les Miles was a good guy, Les Miles did a deranged Columbus Day press conference. It was one of the most utterly un- nonsensical things that you'll, you'll ever hear in your entire life. Like, you, it, it, it was one of the greatest audio clips. I, I think we played it on my show six billion times. Hang on. See if you can pull it up. Search less miles. And the video will come up quickly. Just search less miles Columbus Day. No? And everybody that it's Columbus Day, that uh, all those of you that know Italians and like Italians are the people that might venture onto a ship and travel to explore and find new lands. Uh, this is your day. So uh, um, it's not St. Patty's Day. Nope. So that's a different day entirely. A different day entirely. Everybody knows that. Uh, what? <laughs> what? What? Oh, I've never seen that before. It was the most. I was so in love with this clip. I I played it a billion times. I I, I couldn't stop playing this clip because I was so in love with it. I didn't know what else to say. So we um. We actually started a Twitter account. No, called, you didn't. Yeah, we did. Started a Twitter account. I don't know what year this was, 2013. It was before I had kids because I had time. <laughs> um, we started a Twitter account called Less Miles Holidays. And every day, we looked up what national day it was. It was like National Pistachio Day. We And we would send out a tweet that would say something like, um, today is National Pistachio Day if... If you know someone who enjoys nuts or you just happen to like the color green, today's your day. It's not National Take Your Kids to Work Day. That's a different day altogether. Like we that was just what we sent a tweet like that out every day. And I don't remember. We had we got a we got a bunch of the LSU people ate it up. Like they loved this. We we were doing well with this account. What was it called again? It was like Less Miles Holidays or Less Miles Holiday or something. Like it might be down. I mean this was Paul was a decade ago. I don't know if it still exists. It's the internet. It's 
It's it's got to be. There. You would think it would be, but I don't know that, right? Like I I don't even remember which. I I did you find it? Less my at less miles holidays. It's not fatigue syndrome day. That's a different day entirely. <laughs> well, but hang on. You gotta get the you gotta get the the entire. T- today is count your buttons day. If you know or like someone who enjoys trinkets or needs help, today <laughs> is your day. It's not <laughs> National Gardening Exercise Day. That's a different day entirely. We would send a tweet like that every day, right? And it was joyful, and it was getting a lot of traction. Um. And then we had to kill it, and this is why it's so sad to me that Les Miles, it turns out, was a bad guy. We finally got a message from Les Miles. Oh, yeah? And he was like, I love this account. <laughs> I check it every day. That's awesome. And I was just like, well, it's over. Like, it's because there's nothing, there's nowhere else to go at that mm-hmm. point. Like, You've reached the peak. Right. Like, what else are we doing? This was, a, this was an inside bit for us. And then getting a message from Les Miles. That that he enjoyed it. I was just like, all right, we're done. We're Did good. you tell him we're it was here. over after that? Like, there's no. I don't remember if this? we even sent a message back. Like, I don't even remember how it went because at the time we hadn't told anybody that we were associated with it. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say we, it might have just been me. Like, I think it was Ryan and I, but it might have really just been me. Like, it might have been that I was the one doing all the legwork. I don't remember. I just don't. It's dude. It's a decade ago. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't remember exactly how it went. That's I re- funny though. Um, but oh my god, he sent me this this very long message. And I was like, we're good. We're good now. <laughs> and again, I, at the time, we all liked Les Miles. We all thought he was cheeky and he was a national championship coach. And we're like, hey, good guy, Les Miles. Again, as it turns out, not really the case, uh, which is quite the bummer because <laughs> I had so many pleasant thoughts about Les Miles. But I'm quite aware of all the various little daily holidays because I was finding them doing running the Les Miles holiday account for <laughs> however long it existed. I don't remember how long we did it, but it was a lot of fun. All right, winding down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Um, for John and Little Rock, yeah, I do want to say something about Taylor Hawkins. It sucks so much. Um, and I'm not, you know, obsessed Foo Fighters fan, but I think what I would say is the Foo Fighters became ubiquitous with what we loved about 90s alternative music. And in an era where, for the most part, that genre of music kind of disappeared, the Foo Fighters carried the banner. So if you liked anything related to 90s alternative music, you almost had no choice but to become a massive Foo Fighters fan because it was kind of all that was left. I was always a fan, right? Like, I, who didn't like the Foo Fighters? Right. I mean, there was, every song was sing-along quality, was was wonderful. I actually think they continued to get better as the years went on, right? Like, I think we associate in Baltimore, we think about them, The Pretender a lot because of uh, with Jim Johnson, right, was the one that came out mm-hmm. to uh, The Pretender when he would come into games. Um, I think they continue to actually make even better and better songs from a musical standpoint as their career went on. Um, like I, I think Learn to Fly was a good song. I think that Big Me was a good song. I thought their music just got better and better and better. And Dave Grohl is he's one of well, the greatest musicians we've ever known. Well, and, and he's, he's, and he's become legend. such a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. You know, it's a different conversation. You like you you just you so desperately want everyone to be like good guy Dave Grohl, you know. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins was always fascinating because he he had the persona that fits so perfectly with this sort of nineties alt vibe that we liked. You kind of didn't. He was mysterious, and he was um, constantly not wearing a shirt. And he was he's like he fit in with the vibe of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and so many of those bands that we were in love with. Like he was the perfect. He also was very good looking. 
Um, he had this perfect sort of rock and roll vibe to him. He was clearly a very good drummer on top of that. He was mm-hmm. outstanding. And as a lot of people have pointed out, it was difficult to stand out as a drummer in a band where like the lead singer happens to be one of the better known drummers ever. Um, and Taylor Hawkins did that and he fit with the story that they were telling as they carried the arc of alternative music for the better part of 20 years now. I mean, like, they, they came along at a time where they were kind of another alternative band. And then at some point, they became the alternative band. And I don't know what that year, that line of demarcation was, but it certainly has been for basically the last decade, right? Like, post-White Stripes, I, I can't... I think you can go as far back as to 98, 99. They weren't the defining alternative band then. No, they were they were a, a good one and they were a very popular one. But at some point, they became the flag bearer for the entire genre. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly when it was. And I do think the, the White Stripes was the closest, like, you know, Green Day still had some moments in there, um, like around Boulevard of Broken Dreams and things like that, where they were still kind of an American idiot was still they were still thought of as being kind of a standard bearer for alternative mm-hmm. music, but even that kind of died off after a little while. And you know you couldn't with with a gun to your head you couldn't name what what the last popular Green Day single was. Like right. you just don't you don't know they they kind of fell off a little bit as did basically everybody else in alternative music. And there were other acts that sort of we would say they were like alternative like fallout boy is a pop band that we kind of called alternative because they had guitars you know i like fallout boy actually they make good tunes i like panic of the disco too i think they make good tunes but they're closer to being a pop band than they are are, are alternative band um and and it just the the foo fighters became the flag bearer for all of that taylor hawkins was hawkins was brilliant i mean he was a brilliant talented and 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 perfect, wonderfully mysterious figure. Dave Grohl was so out there, was so public, right? Like he was such a a larger than life figure. And then you had this really good looking drummer who was just really good at playing the drums. And you didn't know all that much about, but you knew his name. You knew enough to know who he was. You just didn't know all that much about him because he sort of fit this rock and roll vibe. Um, and 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 helped as Dave Grohl became more of a pop culture figure. You almost kind of kept your credibility as an alternative rock and roll band, thanks to someone like Taylor Hawkins, who wasn't going to be in the tabloids, and you weren't going to read about you know certain. But like he was, he was omnipresent as this rock and roll figure. Have you ever seen their documentary Back and Forth? The Foo Fighters documentary. I feel like I have. For for my money, one of the best documentaries I've ever I've watched it probably a dozen times. And they talk in that about Taylor Hawkins' problem with heroin. Yeah, and so that's back in the day. Um, you know, I don't want to go not, too not, not to take it there. I don't really want to go in too much into that because it's it's not my place. And I think that there's a couple things that are worth considering. You never know as much of the story as you think you know. Right. Um. And I and I say this regularly when someone dies, unless they did something, you know, like unless it's like a Chris Benoit type of situation, mm-hmm. I don't care. It's tragic. There's no, Absolutely. you know, they did it to themselves. There's no none of that because you just don't know what someone's going through. 
Um, addiction is a disease, and if you haven't gotten that through your skull at this point, it's simply because you're not trying. We've got all the information. We know all the answers. Addiction is a disease. It's a disease. Like cancer is a disease. Like anything else is a disease. Addiction is a disease. And, and, and please understand that me bringing that no, up not, it, it isn't, isn't me coming no, down on I'm him. Not. It's me saying this is something that he struggled right. with for a really long time. Um, it sucks. I know a lot of people around here are really excited about seeing the Foo Fighters at Merriweather this back summer. Back dates. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, you know, they're still on the bill to play at the Grammys next week. I don't know what the plan's going to be for them moving forward. And you know, Dave Grohl certainly knows enough talented musicians. That there is no doubt it would not be difficult for him to find someone to step in and be the drummer moving forward. I wouldn't forward. be surprised if he stepped in at least on, if they do the Grammys. Yeah, he'd get it like as right a as a tribute, I could see that. I could certainly see that. Um, we'll see. Is, you know, we'll say, look, the, the Foo Fighters are going to continue to make music and and they have had, there have been personnel changes within the band for, for years. Dave Grohl's kind of been the only constant. They're like nine deep at this point. Yes, with, with guys that have been in the band at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a three-piece mm-hmm. at one point and they were five guys. Like, I mean, it, it's, it, they're all on stage now. The Foo Fighters are Dave Grohl and whoever's in the band at the time, frankly. And so they'll continue to make music. But Taylor Hawkins had really been a constant for a very long time. He wasn't with them at the beginning, but he had become a constant for a very long time. It sucks. It just sucks. Um, an incredible rock and roll figure and and f- drastically too young. I mean, drastically too young. It sucks so much, and I know a lot of people felt it that love um, alternative music and love rock and roll music. Um, it just just sucks the life out of you um, to find something like that out, man. And, and what a unique figure in rock and roll history Taylor Hawkins was. So I did. Thank you, John, for reminding me this morning. I did want to take a minute to say something about it because, you know, who doesn't love the Foo Fighters? It's like not loving apple pie i mean really you know yeah. like my god i said this once like somewhere around like 08 i remember my buddy chad lamas and i going down to see him i remember saying like i don't at the time i didn't know anybody who said they are my individual favorite band now that's changed now a lot of people say that but at the time i didn't feel any way but there was nobody on the planet that would ever say a negative word about the foo fighters mm-hmm. they're just you just love them like they're just part of your life and you're happy to have them there and their songs make you happy and it's a good thing. Um, man, I, I thought Making a Fire was one of the best songs that came out. Um, uh, uh, was that what it was called? Was it? Na, 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 yeah, na, pretty recently, right? Last it was last years? year. Yeah, yeah. It was last year. I mean, I was like, this is... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you... We're 25 years in and they're still making... Love Dies Young gets stuck in my head every week. Sure. It gets stuck in my head every week. The, the, they're fantastic. I'll tell you... The Foo Fighters are like the one band that I've been really wanting to go see because I've never seen them live. Oh, really? And when I looked into tickets for, for May, they were like $790. Uh, they, 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 this was right after they sold out. And I, and like, oh, I, I tried, called, the song is called Making a Fire. I was right about that. I tried calling into 98 Rock to get tickets, <laughs> and it didn't work out. because I, you. It was, I I tried to buy them, and they were people were fleecing you. Seven, like 790 bucks was the cheapest one I saw at the Jeez. time. Jesus. I just... Um, I, I really wanted to go see him live. You know, I, I the you know working at HFS, I had the opportunity. They did um, when we brought the HF Festival back in Baltimore the one year. They did that one. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen the Foo Fighters a number of times, but yeah, it just sucks. All right, we got We got to wrap up. It's twelve twenty-five. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to turn that into a ten-minute segment, but um, you know, safe home, Taylor Hawkins, and what a unique, unique rock and roll life. 
tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of press box still available right now for you to go pick it up free at your neighborhood royal farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box read it all pressboxonline.com gary williams is on the cover we celebrate 20th anniversary of maryland's men's basketball team winning the national championship in 2002 all right so this one i wanted to incorporate the, the ncaa tournament and the final four and the elite eight so it could be really easy for you it could be really hard because i'm not asking for a date but something that happened dur- in a year um, so in the Elite Eight this weekend, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova all advanced to the Final Four. The average margin of victory in the Elite Eight this year was 15 and a quarter points, thanks to a 26-point win by Kansas over Miami and a 20-point. Which is that one's more bizarre because again, Miami was leading at by the half. six at the yeah. half, and they just got bludgeoned. Yeah. And a 20-point win by uh, North Carolina over St. Peter's. Did you know that the 15 and a quarter point average margin of victory, a combined 61 points, was the highest for an Elite? eight rounds since 2013 when the four venting teams won by combined 60, 62 points or 15 He's trying to get me to remember what happened in the 2013 NCAA tournament. No, uh, but, or 15 and a half points a game. Somewhat okay. surprisingly, number one seeds do not typically dominate the NCAA tournament like you would think. Only five times in history have three number one seeds made the final four in one tournament and only once in the history of the NCAA tournament have all four number one seeds advanced to the Final Four in 2008. Yeah. Can you name those four It's teams? really funny because I, man, Florida. No. 2008? 2008. I think Florida was 06, 07. 07? Okay. So then 2008 would have been Memphis. Memphis. Kansas. Kansas. God. You know, that was, of course, the famous title game with Mario Chalmers hitting the shot in order to keep Kansas alive. The other two teams in 08 would have been. Oh, God. Carolina? Correct. North Carolina. You got one more. I don't know that I'm going to get the other one. I'm trying to remember. Would you like any kind of a hint? Uh, give me one second, then I'll tell you. Sure. I so This is the funny thing. I remember going. Oh, I know exactly who it was because they, they – it was UCLA. Now, I'll tell you why I remember Luckily, that. That is correct. I'll tell you I remember that because Rick Neuheisel had just been hired as the football coach. Ah, this is a great story. So um, I was working in Phoenix – and was invited by I, – I was not working the event. I was invited by my boss at the time. She said, hey, I've got two fourth-row tickets for the Sweet 16, and it was at the, the Suns Arena. Do you want to come? And I was like, well, i got to work. i got a show to do. Like, I can't – she was like, I'm your boss. <laughs> you don't have to do the show. You can come with me and watch the Sweet 16 games. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I remember 1,000% as I'm walking into the building, this guy comes up to me and says, do I know you from Baltimore? And I'm like, huh? Like, you know, because there's so much going on. And you're outside an arena walking in. I'm like, it was Rick Neuheisel. Wow. And the answer is he did not. (laughs) He did not. I must have been wearing an Orioles shirt or an Orioles hat or something. Because Rick Neuheisel and I, to my knowledge, had not really ever had a conversation. In fact, I don't know time-wise if we even really lined up that he that I because I'd moved out to Phoenix. I don't even remember. But I think he saw me wearing an Orioles hat or something like that. 
and he comes up to me, and I just didn't see who it was that was talking to me, and I look up, I'm like, hey, Rick Neuheisel. <laughs> and then I'm like, why is Rick Neuheisel here? He had, like, the day before been hired as the UCLA football coach, but he lived in Phoenix, and so he was just glad-handing UCLA fans outside the arena, and I believe it was Western Kentucky that they were playing in the Sweet 16 that year. That I, I want to say it was I like a, a Western that. Kentucky team that had pulled off a, a significant upset in order to get there. Um, but UCLA won the Phoenix Regional. Um, and I'm t- I might even be able to tell you who they played in the Elite Eight. Uh, Xavier is what I'm thinking. I want to say they beat Western Kentucky and then they beat Xavier. And the fourth team that was involved was... It was Western Kentucky. You were correct. No, who's the fourth team that was at that regional? Ah, whatever, it's twelve thirty. Nobody cares. But yeah, Rick Neuheisel just sort of came up to me and like I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? It was cool. And I uh, developed a little friendship with Rick Neuheisel from that point on. That's a cool which story. Which was neat. Which was neat. All right, very good, good tidbit. Uh, especially because I got it. <laughs> especially because it was so a my, year. My, my hints are going to be there in the same echelon as North Carolina when it comes to basketball. Yeah, but I, I'm, I am mad that I guess Florida first because I had my years off slightly. And if I'd really done that and started thinking about 08 and where I was, I absolutely was there for the Phoenix games in the NCAA tournament. All right, tidbit was also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, you can still get your bets in. So we're, there's only four teams left. There's only three games remaining. But you can still... Register a $50 bet on any NCAA tournament game for a $500 bracket bonus if you're a Live Rewards member. So if you're headed out there this Saturday for the Final Four or you're joining Rodney Elliott and I next Monday night for the NCAA championship game, you make a $50 bet on any of those three games, $50 or more, that is, and you can take that bet and register it to be one of 10 Live Rewards members who are going to get a $500 bracket bonus. Still your chance. Get down, hang out with us on Monday night. Bet the championship game. That's an NCAA tournament game. You can register that bet. But you got to be signed up for Live Rewards. Live Rewards members are registered to win this $500 bracket bonus. So make sure you get signed up. Tubular, brought to you today by the Baltimore Police Department. Looking for a few folks that maybe are interested in joining a proud new generation of Baltimore police and making an active difference in their community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good, bpdrecruit.org. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular-wise, the NCAA Women's Tournament. The last Elite Eight games uh, are tonight. By the way, bummer for Maryland. They battled back like hell from down 20, but ended up falling by six to Stanford on Friday night. It's a shame they fell behind by so much. Uh, tonight, uh, UConn, NC State at 7, Michigan, Louisville at 9 on ESPN to set the Final Four. Capitals play the Hurricanes at 7 on NBC Sports Washington and NHL Network. NBA TV, Warriors, Grizzlies at 8. Tennis Channel for continued coverage of the Miami Open right now. The Orioles and the Phillies play today. Dean Kramer and Christopher Sanchez. It's at 1 o'clock, and it, there is an MLB TV broadcast. It's not a free one. You have to be a, a subscriber to MLB TV if you want to watch the Phillies broadcast. You're saying it's a loaded prospect lineup? Yeah, uh, Braddish is pitching today. D.L. Hall's pitching today. Colton Cowser's on, on the trip, and so is um, Gunnar Henderson. It's, it's, it's a lot of prospects today. It's, it's a good one to watch if you have MLB TV. Uh, Masson's got Marlins Nationals at 1, MLB Network, Yankees Tigers at 1, Rangers Mariners at 4, Cubs Reds at 9, the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8, and I guess tonight might be the night we finally see Cody Rhodes appear 
Um, they're doing a bit with Seth Rollins and Vince McMahon. I think maybe tonight is finally the night for Cody Rhodes. Speaking of that, it's it's WrestleMania week. It is WrestleMania. I week. am like six freaking weeks behind, man. Ooh, uh, that's uh, not good timing. Like, are, 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 are you, you planning are, on watching WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I, okay. yeah. I'm I'm gonna get caught up some by come hell or high water. I somebody might, might say you haven't missed a ton. Well, somebody yeah, that, might say that. It's been it's been bad, man. Like it, mm, it just not, has been, but not been great. Not been yeah, great. It, but you're so you're caught up though. Yeah, I'm caught up, but like in the distracted way. I put it on in the background yeah. when I'm doing something else. So like I miss things regularly. Like we'll be doing jobbing out, somebody brings something and I'm like, oh, don't remember that. See, don't yeah, remember I, it at all. I DVR every episode and I usually fast forward through all the bull crap, which is a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of bull crap. There's a lot of re- replaying things that happened the week before. There's a yeah, lot of that. They've been doing that for like three years. Yep. Uh, so you have the neighborhood, Bob Hart's Abishola, NCI, NCIS, NCIS Hawaii from 8 through 10, through 10.30 on CBS. Um, David Decofty coming out from one other, coming out from under one other rock he's been under. Um, I don't know what he's blogging. Yeah, he's uh, going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. X Files thing uh, that they're doing? No idea. Um, what else? Stuff and there's really nothing. That's there, there's That's nothing fine. great. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Go find it at GlennClarkRadio.com. Thanks today to Paul Mittermeyer. Thanks to Morgan Moses. Thanks to Brandon Copeland. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the archives tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. I think the only thing we know that's going on tomorrow is Patrick Stevens. I don't think we know about anything else, but we're working on it. And again, for Wednesday, we are scheduled to have the biggest guest in the history of Glenn Clark Radio. But I am still not comfortable telling you who it is. I am still not there. But we are scheduled on Wednesday to be joined by the biggest guest we've ever had on this show. So keep that in mind. Know the risks. Have a plan before you start gambling for free and confidential services. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. And again, go to edblock.com. Edblock.org, right? What am I? Am I? Am I uh, screwed that up. Edblock.org. Edblock.org in order to find out more about the Edblock Courage Awards. Uh, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow Ryan Shell on Twitter at RexPexRyan. Thanks to him for his hard work. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go nobody in particular. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.